Lampard. Hello and welcome to the Salacast. On Monday, the 16th of December, 2019, I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Woo. And Robert Kemp. Hello. <laughs> this is episode... Some classically bad intros. I didn't, I didn't have anything... Have any asides today? I'm just feeling... Feeling like I should greet people for once. Okay. Greet them. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Konnichiwa. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Apparently this is a special episode. Why is that? (laughs) Apparently. It's because it's what might be roughly the 256th episode we've done. Approximately. <laughs> Roughly, because precision's not important. We have some wiggle room for the Tardcasts and point ones and <laughs> weirdly missing episodes. And <laughs> weirdly missing episodes. So, what's significant about my personal favourite number, two hundred and fifty-six? Well, it's the first number that's outside the range of an eight-bit integer. There you go. <laughs> it's the total number of combinations an eight-bit integer can have. Probably not the reason that we like it, though. I think the reason we like it is because it's like four times 32. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the same reason. Pretty, yeah, but that's not, not for <laughs> a mathematical reason, more for a pixel-based grid reason. <laughs> I'm sure there are far more mathematically interesting numbers, but sure. Yeah, but it was, th- the, it was 32 pixels rather than 30 because it was using... Because it divided evenly into a screen resolution. Exactly, which also based on 8 bits. Powers right? of 2. Exactly, powers of 2. And it's the best power of 2 because 64 is too boring. <laughs> and <laughs> and you can't go you're not going to go higher than 256. That would be like too long. So it's it's the ideal number. I say what is 16 bits starts hitting like what 50 something thousand. Something like that. Yeah, no one's going to remember answer. that for exactly. a podcast number. <laughs> Exactly, I've already forgotten it. <laughs> so there we are. 256 is special to us, and now by extension you, because this is a special episode. Eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Eat we, it. <laughs> we haven't quite decided how to make it special, so we're going to start with the normal stuff. Yeah, we're going to do news anyway. Stuff, I mean, stuff happens. Otherwise, we're going to have like an entire month and a half where we don't do news, which probably is not great. Yeah, so... Given that hot off the press news is the Xbox thingy was announced. That's Xbox like the, thingy. The most hot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's most hot. I mean, I, mean, I just love how like PlayStation nailed it with the names. They went with PlayStation 2, genius, and then 3. For, no one has to worry about naming the damn thing. You just call it PlayStation 5 and be done with it. Yeah, Xbox, but Xbox didn't want to be one generation behind in their numbers. No, so they screwed themselves by going straight to 360, and, and they've been stuffed ever since. And yeah, then, but they should have continued from 360. That would have been the solution. Just, 720. Yeah, exactly. We, we all said it at the time. Just keep yeah. adding numbers in increments of 360, and you'll we, be fine. They <laughs> could have called this new one the Xbox 4K, right? Because it's the first one that's like a true yeah, boring, 4K though. platform. Yeah, and then, and then, and then it'll be cool. the Xbox 8K. They should call it Xbox 4X and only allowed that kind of game to be (laughs) developed for it. (laughs) That would have been difficult. (laughs) 
And they probably and they couldn't call it the Xbox 2020 edition either because then the life cycle of these things is like five odd years. So it's, it's going to sound like... old by the time. Yeah. You call it the Xbox XX for 2020. 2020XDX. See? 20, there you go. Come up with stupid names. You'd have to call it XXXX if you want to be 2020. And then we're back to 4X again. <laughs> and 20XDX wars begin. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't called it Xbox Next yet. No one set up us the console. I think they probably. I think that what that name was for being thrown around a little bit at oh, the sure. start of the X last time. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably better than Xbone, but dang. I mean, what are we going to shorten the? Hang on, let's just say it. The Xbox Series X. I mean, is it just going to be the XSX? The like, XX. If you're shortening it, the the XS, the XX, the, XX. the double X. I'm playing it on my double X. It's the same thing that we said that, that, that was going to be the problem when they made the Xbox S, where you're like, now you've got the S and the X, <laughs> essentially. Mispronunciations ensue. X bone X. <laughs> I didn't realize that the Tesla models were named. Obviously, they're a joke, right? Did you? Apparently, did you know that? No. that you know, they started with the Model S, and then there's the Model 3 and the Model X. And the next one is the model Y. S three X X Y. Rob has suddenly forgotten what Leet speak is. <laughs> it's like Leet speak. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, yeah. But then, then they they ruined it by having Cybertruck. <laughs> the sexy sexy Cybertruck. Yeah. Oh, man. We haven't talked about the can Cybertruck. I, we should probably can, talk about that at some point. Can I turn can I turn that into a haiku? Is that where they go? <laughs> probably. Well, they can't go any further with one word, apparently. They, yeah. <laughs> they've cut that one off. They want to, no, wait, you can't they've got, even, they've got you the can't first line, haven't that. they? Sexy Cybertruck. Then they need seven syllables. <laughs> so the Series X. I mean, anyway, it's what weird. about what it's I'm a strange just name. getting distracted by the name because they well, have to yeah. a stupid well, name but cuz let's talk about it that's what you do with a new console the series you know this yeah. is, it's a it's a weird name right because like you'd think that given that okay x is obviously important to the brand <laughs> but they did the 1x right so starting the next ser- next yeah. series of consoles with series x and series kind of implies kind of there's like going to be another series right after yeah right well Okay, so there was always the rumours of uh, there being two SKUs flying around. The Anaconda, which is what we saw, which is the high-tier console, and Lockhart. That, name, that word is ruined being... by... What's the name? <laughs> My Anaconda don't... Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> fun, huh? um, well, technically, it's a mix-a-lot. It's a mix-a-lot, it? yeah. Sorry, I meant... <laughs> it's a blame, but... but, but <laughs> Fair you know, enough, I'll blame it's a mix-a-lot then. Yeah. Rather than... It. Why can't I remember the name of the most famous woman ever? Not Iggy Azalea. Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Nicki Minaj. That's it, Nicki Minaj. There we go. She's dropped off, hasn't she? I haven't uh, heard anything from her for yeah. ages. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm not particularly seeking her out, let's put it that way. No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so the hmm, Series X. Yeah, it, it's like so. Maybe they, they'll have a Series S as well. Or God, be, I hope not. Or it'll be the Series XS or the S Series X. So when when they do a pro version of this, like a couple years down the line, like twenty twenty three ish, the Xbox Series One X One, <laughs> <laughs> the Xbox Series X 
Maybe they will just call it the Double X <laughs> Series Double X or the Series X Two. So then they'll be happy with the XX. Yeah, no, but then they'll be maybe they'll be happy to drop the start coming up with normal numbers at that point. And no, they'll be like, be, this is the X Two. It'll be XI. They'll go Roman numerals, and it'll be it will have been ten all along. Like oh, Apple. the Series Ten. <laughs> oh. Been getting it wrong. Yeah, but so then they'll vertical... get in a Mac OS situation where, yep, exactly. uh, where everyone calls it <laughs> OS X and, and the Apple will get really annoyed. No, it's OS X. It's the That's iPhone. It's the iPhone 10. No, it's not. You put an X there. Yeah, they put an X. Yeah, that, then they did it in reverse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no. I guess that was the same, right? Yeah. I yeah, same that. way around. Yeah. They wanted same to call thing. it the 10, but it's But they like, put an no, X there. You, you put an X there. They, what have they done now? Oh, XS, right? Oh, but they must call that. They don't call that the 10S, do they? Oh, fuck. Who cares? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just realized I didn't care at all. <laughs> it just dawned on you. Yeah. How do you feel about a vertical black slab as opposed to a horizontal black slab? Well, how pissed off is Rob that it's not going to fit in his entertainment center, except maybe where his amp is, maybe. I mean, it might be fine, but like, because we're still... There is a long-running plan to eventually get rid of all this stuff and change it. <laughs> Always, but, yeah, forever, yeah. never gonna happen. It's been, it's been so about one thing at a time at most. I still haven't found an entertainment center I like and would work in this room. I mean, you will just have to stack it on top of one of your speakers, basically, or the other way around potentially. Yeah, are you, are you my... even automatically sold on the next Xbox? Like, well, so the one thing that is pushing me in that direction is Game Pass, right. and the fact that Halo Infinite will be a launch title. Is it a launch title? Oh, okay, well, they need they, that. Yeah, they, they need a killer app. It better be good. <laughs> Those guys, yeah. yeah. Dude. So it's, um... Yeah. I've played that Halo Reach. It's got problems. Um, oh, really? Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, we might not. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Unless you um, want to turn that into some news, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd, the verticality of it is a slight problem for my setup. I'm not going to lie. I could rearrange things down there a little bit. It could work. Maybe. Yeah. It, it might be close to being too tall to fit in that gap. Yeah. Well, it's not actually like when, if you think about like a controller stood upright, it's not, that is nearly half the height of that thing. So it's not a huge device, actually. They've just chosen to orient it vertically. Um, now there's some there's some conjecture that that's actually because of like heat. They want the heat to rise to the case and you mean like the V shape on the, the PlayStation Five where the vents are on the top. <laughs> it's a dev kit. I'm it. still sticking to this. No, I'm telling you, no. weird shape. Now the Xbox are like weird shapes are a thing. It's not that weird a shape. It's a big oblong. It's just upright. It's in that same plastic they used for the X sure. as well. I can't just call the X anymore. The Xbox One X as opposed to the Series X. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Things all right. Does the, the other question is, is: Does the grill actually glow green like it look like they made it look like? <laughs> yeah, a question. <laughs> I mean, they could easily make it glow green obviously like no. I, I think the like blue led glow like in the wii and stuff was a bit over the top 
Okay. The, yeah, but that was the, not like an intentional glow. That was just like this was the LED we used. The Wii's was hella bright. <laughs> that was its problem. Is it was so bright. Blue LEDs in general are like too bright. Usually, if you put them alongside other LEDs, it's because they require more energy, isn't it, to power? Or shouldn't they yeah. be dimmer by that logic? Like just because they require more energy to make. Let's not blue try light. talk about physics. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not actually quite. Maybe they're just more efficient. I have no idea. Hmm. Or uh, maybe, but you know what? but the I the Wii's one was totally worse because of its notification liquor, right? If it, if your Wii wanted to tell you anything, the drive bay just started flashing. Yeah, even when you weren't using the thing, so it would just be like in the corner of the room going. <laughs> that's that's what flashing sounds yeah, like. That's what you <laughs> now you've got the speaker in there. <laughs> I think it looks all right. It's a featureless black cube, oblong. <laughs> but uh, that didn't mean there were plenty of tweets coming out about, uh, hey, the age of the fun-looking console is got, is well and truly gone now. Uh, yeah, it is. But to be fair, the original Xbox, I mean, it was fine, but it's just a box of a PC, right, with a bit of plastic molding around it. And that's pretty much, yeah. Pretty much all you need now. I mean, Xbox One is even more so that, right? Mm. Well, yeah, and it's highly likely PlayStation's just going to be exactly the same kind of thing. Mm. Um, and, and the Nintendo just... ones are constrained by being an actual handheld device now, so mm. they can't look crazy like a GameCube or whatever. No, they've got to look functional yeah. just because of how... Just because Cause they need to be to functional. Do. Yeah. Yeah. And they're symmetrical Joy Cons and well, sort of. <laughs> not actually symmetrical Joy Cons. Symmetrical in terms of outer shape. Yeah. The wackiness is over. So maybe PlayStation 5 does look like a V. Yep, exactly. <laughs> they're the I highly, that hold, highly doubt hold it. Hold the torch. I mean, I'm with you there. There was another nice, nice little tweet out there that had. Uh, that, was saying it's like, oh, these two will go well together, and it had the Xbox opening like a fridge, and then the V and the PlayStation being used to heat a pizza slice. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably it's heat a pizza on these grill, things. On. It's not the George Foreman, no, but <laughs> who grills a pizza? <laughs> you put something else in there. It doesn't have to be pizza. <laughs> it does where Rob's around. You probably could grill a pizza if you put it upside down so the cheese was on the grill. <laughs> I was just going to fry my pizza. Like, yeah, I don't, don't know how that would actually yeah. pan out in the end. Pan out. Whether you'd be able, whether that would even manage to cook the base. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to have the bread would have to be like specifically friable. <laughs> like maybe a tortilla, like a, maybe a slightly thicker tortilla, so it's got some rigidity that you can flip. Let's not talk about food. <laughs> <laughs> you get hungry already. I'm always hungry. <laughs> At, like dinner time. <laughs> It's a secret. <laughs> I don't know what there is to say. There's a new Xbox coming, and it's got a dumb name. Yeah. Uh, well, we didn't really learn anything important, I guess, from this, other than its shape. I mean, uh, we don't know if that drive on it is a, is like a 4K Blu-ray drive, although I assume it would be, given the S and the current X have it. Um, I guess it's interesting it has a drive at all, like physical media continues. Yeah, yeah. That's We didn't know whether or not it would have one, but now we do. Which is, I don't know. I I think that's positive. Yeah. If, if they want to keep the the you know the the 4K Blu-ray as a selling point at least, then they 
maybe the um the Xbox Sad or S All Digital Edition um, hasn't done particularly well. <laughs> that was the version that took the drive out. Mm. Um, so maybe they're just doubling back and being like, oh, well, you know, might as well. It's the high end unit. It might as well have a drive. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The controller, um, people seem to think, looks a tiny bit different. I mean, there's a share button now on the face. Um, not replacing any other button, it's just an extra button. Right. It's got that. Um, PlayStation style. Yeah, because you know, remember, that was the thing that originally that was a connect feature, wasn't it? You'd shout at it to say, hey, record that. And it would capture the last 30 seconds of video. Or. Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, and then they and then they made it a shortcut in the guide at some point, so you could get to it that way. Um, so yeah, this makes a bit more sense, I suppose, for people that are into that from their consoles. Uh, and also, like, there's apparently some contouring changes that, that to the controller that they have talked about, just in terms of like how it sits in the hand to make it slightly more comfortable for people of all hand sizes. Like ergonomics, right. That's they're good. still looking at it. But as far as new features go, I heard it's got prob- like probably the, none. It's I heard it's got the D pad from the new Pro. Yeah, so controller. it's not quite the same as the Elite D pad. Elite one, yeah. It's like if, yeah, if you look, the Elite one has got well, the Elite has several in the box that you can swap and change. Um, but the default one for that is just that sort of concave grid-like panel, isn't it? Um, whereas this one, this one is. Now a full circle, but the D-pad shape is raised within it. So you, yeah, so it's a little different. It's pretty close. Um, I'm interested to try out what those D-pads actually feel like. What the um, you know those big sort of concave things like do, no, they sort of make sense in my head, but I'd quite like, especially for fighting games and things like that. But I'd quite like to put my thumb on it before I make a decision there. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all we know about the Series X. Other than we know about one more game for it. <laughs> Which I'm hugely excited about, but like, um, it was kind of a surprise, I suppose, given that Ninja Theory are already working on Bleeding Edge. There it is, I remembered it. Oh, just you remembered that other game. <laughs> just in time. Yeah, we were talking about this before the cast, and I couldn't remember its name. Uh, but just did. Yeah, they're they're currently working on Bleeding Edge, so it's a bit of a surprise to see them also working on Sinua's Saga, Hellblade 2. And if that trailer is anything to go by, which they claim was entirely in-engine, holy hell. I mean, maybe that's... Was that entirely in-engine? So they say, yeah. I did watch that. Uh, It looked like a cinematic. (laughs) I mean, yeah, um, but... But yeah, like fair some, of the, some of those shots I, look ridiculous. Like I guess the it's ones... X, but it's the next Xbox, so I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, the shots that have me most confused are the ones where it's like just going over landscape, right? And it's like the the sheer fidelity of the lighting, like, and how real that looks. Yeah, is insane. Okay. Um, well, there are, there are some clues in some of the um, close-ups, like of, you know, some depth of field um, stuff that. Perhaps makes it look like a render, you know, sort of on the uh, 
when they're zooming in on the skull and bones and stuff on the floor and things like that, there's you know some hints there to show you that it's not <laughs> that it might be in some sort of real time engine as opposed to a uh, pre-rendered engine. Yeah. Um, but you know they already proved that their motion capture is ridiculous in the first game. Uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand and believe it. it look, it look. I'm 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 believing it right now. <laughs> Could cool. be a target render, but we're not sure. Uh, Digital Foundry did a little look at it as well to be like, oh, what have we got in here in terms of like, is there some ray tracing going on in some places? Um, it's not really the right sort of footage for that, but they theorized no. that some of the water reflection could be ray tracing. Anyway, they've promised the hardware ray tracing, I presume. They have. Probably. Yes, that's so fine. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Although I'm very, I'm a little bit confused about what it could be about because the first one was felt like a. Uh, Somewhat contained experience, hmm. and the story felt like a, a beginning and end. So, what this is now, this like is, is Senua leading this mysterious tribe, or despite her problems, despite her psychosis and all this, and or maybe leading the whole tribe down a dark path. I don't know. I don't know. Probably madness. Guess we'll see. Get hype. Go, Ninja Theory. You go, Ninja <laughs> Good idea. Ah, then the Game Awards also was happening. You know, this was announced at the Game Awards, which is a bit surprising. Everyone thought this would be like, oh, well, the general consensus, as far as I heard, it would be like, oh, they're probably going to do the March play like they always do in the these sorts of timings. It's like... March would be roughly around the time Microsoft would do a reveal, and then PlayStation would come out very soon afterwards with their with their details, um, and then they'd both come out in the holiday. That's just sort of the pattern this, of how this works now. Um, but no, they've come out early a little bit to sort of say, "Yep, here we are. Here's what it is." Um, uh, so your move, PlayStation, I suppose. Um, Uh, what else we got? Uh, let's talk about that Ghost of Tsushima trailer. That's very pretty. It's pretty. Talk very about strange. landscapes. Yeah. Jeez. Lots of trees. <laughs> yeah. Happy little trees. Uh, I mean, is that like the last hurrah for the PlayStation 4, I guess? I mean, probably. That's yeah. the, that's oh, the along with the last game. of us part two. Yeah, they're both releasing pretty close to each other now. I think hmm. Last of Us is what May-ish, and this was announced as summer, so it'll be like maybe a, a few months afterwards. They both look pretty great, but this looks, yeah, it looks good. I mean, it's hard to get a feel for the combat or whatever because it's just a cin cinematic trailer. Yeah, but there's a bit of gameplay in there clearly. Yeah, I haven't shown a, a huge amount, uh, but. But it does look a. Uh, I mean, it looks great. I love the set. I love the style they're going for. Yeah, it's a bit of me. It's very much a bit of me. <laughs> Our kind of thing. Yeah. Apart from possibly Dark Souls combat. Possibly Dark Souls combat. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it's probably going to be 
more God of War like combat, isn't it? In that, like, <laughs> Dark Souls light. Yeah, and I would, I would hope it would, uh, that way. But it might not. It might mm. be brutal. It might be like one stab and you're nearly dead kind of thing. Could be. Because, you know, I mean, that original trailer they showed at E3 definitely had those grunts that just die if you do it right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is exciting in itself. But I mean, that's that can be a Dark Souls thing too. There was a whole, even in the first Dark Souls, it was like you had the whole parry mechanic where you could, if you do it exactly right, you just do massive damage. <laughs> massive. Uh, yeah, excited about that still. Um, Gears Tactics, they showed us some stuff from that. Um, and I have to say, like, okay, we didn't get a super detailed glimpse, but it looks like it's like the story stuff at least seems to be done with a similar quality level as the main game. Mm. Um, you know, it looked relatively well produced, and the um, oh, well, the tactics look like a XCOM ass tactics game. <laughs> And I think this might be one to watch. Just saying, it looks good. Um, uh, yeah, I just want to say I don't want to talk about Fortnite too much because obviously I don't play it and I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And it, when it won the um, the best ongoing game um, at the Game Awards, but the um, when Mister, I think his name is Mustard. Um, that's his actual name. He's like surname Mr. Mustard. Mustard. Yeah. Um, when he was on stage, and he was, he, he sort of said that there's like a thousand people that work on that game now. Um, which I just sort of, uh, my head was suddenly like, oh, does that mean there's like nearly fifty million dollars worth of development going into this every year? Mm. How much money must they be getting back? Oh my word! <laughs> so much money. Fortnite's uh, a mystery to me. I watched you play at that time. I was like, looks fine. I mean, looks good, but I actually think Fortnite would be more fun had it would it not uh, if how about how to say this? Take the building out. Take that whole system out and I think I'd have more fun with it. Isn't that what people like? I mean, Every time I, I just hate how it like I, I don't know how you can play it like when it gets to the end game and people are just making these giant forts and they're constantly being destroyed and constantly being built and constantly in that transparent blue blueprint phase. Yeah, it's and always it's like, just like everything is half finished and you're constantly like jumping off and rebuilding and taking <laughs> bits down. It's just like it's a big mess at the end it's game. A, it's a huge mess, and I don't see like none of that is appealing to me at all. Like it's just. And it must require such a finesse with the controls to build the exact thing at the exact point. And, uh, and and don't get me wrong, like the skill involved in doing that and actually still know what's going on is must be immense. Um, so all credit to those that can. I don't want to do that. I just kind of want to enjoy the world and shoot shoot some fools. And like all of that end game just is, is not appealing to me because it's just like I'm never going to win this. Well, you get to play PUBG yeah. then. <laughs> no, I play Apex. Well, yeah, well, I guess. <laughs> sort of, sort of similar. I much prefer Apex. Um, yeah, uh, and that's 
And Vin Diesel turned up to talk about a Fast and Furious game. A bad Fast and Furious game, probably. With Michelle Rodriguez. Or like, she I, was there I well. guess, an incredibly average Fast and Furious game, as they always are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just... It might play alright, but the visual fidelity was pretty poor. Uh, like I was thinking in my head a little bit, it's like, oh, is this a mobile game? <laughs> and it's like, in which case, that's an all right looking mobile game. But then like the uh, um, the the title card came out, and it was like PS4 and Xbox, and it's like, uh, oh, okay, hmm. <laughs> maybe didn't have the budget you were hoping for there, or they're having some to, reason, or they're having to rush it out the door before Fast Nine comes out. Probably more likely. Hmm. Past nine. And I think we could probably leave the news there. Um, cool, yeah. Unless, unless something else happened, like Zach's got Zach's got that face, he's got some surprise news <laughs> that he hasn't talked about. I think it's surprise news. Surprise news. Um we didn't talk we didn't have a chance to talk about Rocket League's thing, did we? I suppose we haven't talked about blueprints no. since that's gone live. And also the fact that they've now changed it, I guess. Wait. Again? What do you mean again? Just that one time. Okay, well, I don't know. All right. Because uh, well, well, I, I don't ever paid attention to it since it's like since it first went up, yeah. right? And all the... And then you realise you don't care even more than you did with crates. <laughs> yeah, I care even less. Because the, <laughs> because the prices seem so huge. But that was what got changed. Yeah. Okay, so what has it changed to? Because I remember, like, what was it? Was it Black Market could set you back like 20 quids worth of... That's the Credits. one that hasn't changed. It's pretty funny. Basically, they okay. basically they decided not to change just black market. So all the black market stuff still costs like twenty quid, essentially. So if I still wanted that ice explosion that I don't have, I don't have the blueprint for. <laughs> but then everything else, exotic and downwards, they their prices got significantly cut to what you might always consider almost reasonable levels. Like, a, even just the rare, the shittiest tier of shit stuff that no one cares about, that's only like 50 credits now. <laughs> the thing is that without decryptors, you can't, in the Rocket Pass, earn enough credits to you can to cover both your Rocket Pass and unlock some stuff. No, right? they got rid of the whole idea of decryptors. Like, you were hoping they were just going to give you a few extra credits, yeah. basically. But yeah, they, yeah. Then they like could... have, the, have the free tier give you something as well as the paid mm. tier. I guess, but they don't want. I guess they don't want people to be able to save up enough credits to get into the Rocket Pass without ever paying. I guess. I mean, because then you could still get even more. But it would take a really long time, as a thing. Like you wouldn't give enough away. Like you'd pay maybe a a couple hundred credits or something. Well, sure, but even to be able to get enough to buy anything, you would have to give like a couple of hundred on the free tier and that's only like five rocket passes away <laughs> from getting into rocket pass for free. I know, but they've only yes. had five rocket passes and it's like, yeah, I don't know, it's a goodwill gesture for the players that are still, still playing, regardless. They, they should have just... Everyone paid at some point, right? They should have just given... They should have just kept decryptors but made them like tier-specific decryptors. Like a decryptor that can only unlock a rare. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Something like that. So yeah, everyone was super pissed about the prices, and then everyone continued to be pissed because they didn't actually change black market, which is the only thing everyone cares about. Mm. <laughs> Although it was also funny, they actually also 
what you may have noticed if you looked at the blueprints is that like there's modifiers to the prices based on like yeah, stat tracking and color and, and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but in the in the post where they changed the prices, they specifically called out that the white is like plus a hundred credits, because obviously mm. that's what everyone wants. And <laughs> burnt sienna, shitty brown, is zero. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> There's no modifier for brown. It's literally so bad that they're like, we can't even charge you more for that. <laughs> if, you're down with, if you're down with a brown, your luck's in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing. I, I mean, it's good in the sense that it gets rid of the gambling aspect, but it's... The prices are ridiculous. The prices are nuts, and it just means I'll never engage with that system now. No. Because um, you don't even get free stuff anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll stick to me rocket passes, thanks. Of which, rocket pass five seems like a fairly decent one in terms of the kit. Yeah, so reasonable. Yeah. So that's a thing. Is that news? That's the news. I guess. <laughs> Dan's decree. <laughs> it's not time for what you've been playing. Well, I mean, technically, <laughs> I mean, we might be. We, we played games at some point in the. At the past is generally what we're talking about. What have you played? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Open question. What are we gonna do? <laughs> what do you want to talk about for this? Now that we're free of the the restrictions of our podcasting format. Well, basically, we, we have exactly no idea. Thing. So we've all come up with our own shit, and we're just going to start talking about stuff. I guess. Yeah. I want to talk about finishing out of worlds. No. <laughs> <laughs> Save that until after game. Actually, I've got a huge amount to say, so it's like, yeah, sure. it can wait. Um, it can wait. All right, go on then, Zach, kick us off. Yeah, kick okay. us off, Zach. Well, I came you up... You seem most prepared. Yeah, I made, <laughs> yeah, I made yeah. notes and shit. Nice. Like, well, so originally, just in case, originally we were going, we are, one of our early ideas of what we were even going to talk about for the special episode was just like... Our favorite games ever, even though we yeah. all know we all realize very quickly that that would be a real boring list because <laughs> it's all the same things that we always talk about on the podcast, essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the same topics that we bring up because they're our favorite games, so we're bound to I, bring them up. I can only talk about Panzer Dragoon Author on so many more episodes before someone before I get some kind of dragon slap. I don't mind talking so, about Panzer Dragoon Author. <laughs> <laughs> so initially, I just made a list of like random games that I like. Not just, I mean, so the, I'm just going to go through these by name, I'm not going to talk about these, basically. Probably. I might mention the thing. Games of your youth. But, like, so from the top, I was just like, okay, Rocket League, Breath of the Wild, TF2, Factorio, get them out of the way. <laughs> Don't need to talk about League, them at all. Breath of the Wild, TF2, and Factorio. They're, 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 are they your top games? Yeah, that makes I'm sense. not going to rank those. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you difficult have to. Top no, yeah, <laughs> but, let's rank those. Well,. <laughs> You can split them into multiplayer with Rocket League. And <laughs> yeah, the classic technique. Uh, yeah, and then and then the single player experience of. Uh, but then, the then I moved. Victoria. Then I moved into like okay now that now there's a couple of ones that are like series that I couldn't pick a specific game out of like Smash and Advance Wars. Mm, yeah, and Golden Sun. Not, not that much of a series. And XCOM. Also not much of a series. You can't no, really... Reckon, com- reckon, do you think the original XCOM is like that... Com- I mean, I, I guess they're the all original good, XCOM is... I mean, is the good. original original, I mean. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's but... Bloody it's quite... esoteric, but it's pretty good. I think you could pick between that and 
enemy unknown. You know, they're, that's they're, what I was talking about. Though. That's what, they're different enough that you. It's could... all about Terra from the Deep. What are you talking about? Anyway, sorry. no, it's not. Terra <laughs> from the Deep was even more ridiculous than the original game was. <laughs> okay, fine. And then beyond that, I was just like, okay, let's just go through a few other ones. Dwarf Fortress, FDL, Subnautica, Into the Breach, KSB, Space Game, Terraria, Super Meat Boy, Planet Coaster, Rogue Legacy, Transistor, Alpha Century. <laughs> you go too fast, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, those are the ones I'm not going to talk about. It. That's the point. Oh, okay. Okay. Ro- Rogue Lister? What was that? Rogue Legacy. Oh, and Resistor. And tra- right. Transistor. Transistor, yeah. Tra- <laughs> Do you really like broke. Transistor that much? Yeah, it was great. I mean, oh. you had multiple playthroughs. Yeah, I, I finished that game real good. <laughs> I've finished the shit out of it. Yeah. Do you, I mean, I admit, the, the is it that much better than Bastion? Isn't... I guess. Well, I didn't play Bastion, so I mean, that's why this is my list. Obviously. Oh, I see. Okay. It's, it's your super giant game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I wonder if that's a trick. The first super giant game you play is your super giant. That, maybe. So yeah, I mean, oh yeah. So obviously that list of games is obviously all great, but then the ones that I actually came up with shit to talk about, I then started getting into making up weird categories for them. Okay. <laughs> so the Best first audio thing. Yeah. The first category I came up with, with was games that need a sequel, but not that one. <laughs> games that need a sequel, but not the sequel they actually made. But they actually made. <laughs> oh, right. That's, okay. that's brilliant. I like that. So the first one on this list is obviously... Battlefield 2142. <laughs> right. Not that I'm saying Battlefield 3 and 4 weren't good. They're, yeah, they haven't strictly made a... I, I would argue, yeah, they haven't actually made a sequel to 2142. No, I feel like the closest you're going to get is Titanfall. Yeah. yeah. But it's still not quite the same It's not thing. Battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> because, God damn it, 2142 is like probably the best Battlefield. It was one of the best... Ba- I mean, it had... Out of all the battlefields, it felt the most balanced yeah. a lot. Like and the, really the weapon like, variety was really interesting. Yeah, it was like balanced and also had weapon variety. Yeah. It like it, each team actually had a full set of distinct weapons that were balanced and then all the unlocks. <laughs> I think people just remember the the mode with the big motherships and don't concentrate yeah, don't yeah, the Titan mode. Yeah, which Titan. had yeah. problems because the tech wasn't quite there. Yes, yeah. Right. You, yeah. The servers cool had idea. to be set to Titans cannot move, or otherwise it just got real fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah. a shame, yeah, because it's, it's it's an interesting idea and of course uh, although it had the problem that a lot of battlefield games do that, that Titan maps would because the Titans were always the same shape. Like you could end up with a fight in the same area on the Titan, yeah. Every game, and like it wasn't even a very interesting fight. At the Titan usually it's it was a corridor, like a, a yeah. hella corridor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, so it doesn't it, matter it, how amazing and epic the map is if you're just fighting in the same corridor every time. Yeah. So, so it had issues like that. I mean, it could have been like mitigated by having different Titan designs, or like for each level, or... Titans could have just been bigger, and that might have helped more yeah. more corridors. I wouldn't say bigger, just maybe a more intricate, interesting design. Um, Less long corridors. Well, certainly. So less really obvious checkpoints. And I wouldn't even say Battlefield 3 was a bad sequel. In fairness, no. it's probably my favourite of the modern, modern Battlefields. Yep. Um, and it's just been downhill since there, since then. Although one was okay. Um, uh, but it's, yeah, it didn't quite. Uh, we probably played that more. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah. It must have been pretty close to being so, at least did- as long. Did oh no, Battlefield Two did have the squad stuff, but yeah, like what yeah. did twenty one forty two didn't the spawning on the squad was that better in twenty one forty two? I can't remember. Twenty one forty two had more options because it had the spawn the... beacons. Yeah, yeah. Spawn well, beacons, spawning on right. people. The beacons were hilarious. Yeah. 
Did they them get them rid of that later, like, spawn beacons? Or? <laughs> put them on top of buildings. Well, they, they, the trouble was that they kept the spawn beacons in like Battlefield 3, but now it's just a weird radio antenna that you just spawn at. <laughs> right, that doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. In the universe. Oh, yeah, because you actually dropped, didn't you? Yeah, you literally dropped, and that was sort of dropped a balance trigger, thing, because yeah. you could see the pods coming down, so you knew where the spawn beacons were. It's like, yeah. <laughs> that kind of helped balance it. Man. Yeah, and the more I think about that game, the more cool it was. I wish the um, mechs were slightly... Um, more entertaining to fight when you're on foot, though. Because they were directly st- under them and shooting the vent. <laughs> yeah, but they were still really hard. Hilarious. They were still crazy hard. Yes. Um, like, you know, a Battlefield, that's normally where I think Battlefield gets its balance slightly wrong, is like, I don't know. On when foot a, versus vehicles. Yeah. Because yeah. if, like, you have to be the yeah. right class on foot to have any, to be able to do anything against a vehicle. Yeah. Whereas, um, a vehicle actually going up against the right class of infantry can be a pain in the ass. <laughs> like it's, it never feels. I mean, that's exactly. I guess that's how it's supposed to feel. I mean, but it's was, irritating in both directions. That was kind of another one of the things that was quite well balanced about twenty one forty two is they actually did a reasonably good job of even on the more open map still putting like infantry zones in, mm. where it's just like you just couldn't you really get a vehicle into it. And even in some places, the fixed turrets were viable. Yeah. Right. It's just a, it's just a very well-made thing that just kind of, I wouldn't say flew totally under the radar, but it just didn't hit the popularity. Which like, was weird because, like at the time, I guess it was slightly before everyone really started being like, "No more fucking World War Two, goddamn." Yeah, <laughs> but like for the first one of that sort of age of that, that people didn't care very much for some reason. It had a weird um. I want to say it had a, like a weird Starship Troopers aesthetic about it as well. A you know, that bit. sort of like, but not in a comedy way, obviously. Not in a comedy way. Not even, but not in a future cool way. Kind of in a future oh, real. This might actually <laughs> like be a real future. It, yeah, yeah, this might actually be how it pans out. Kind of way, like chunky stuff, chunky military-looking stuff. Yeah, rather than and climate neons. change also, <laughs> and, and climate change. Yeah, mm, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like if you like, I guess they kind of. Still kept that in Battlefield 4, kind of. Their weird weather, everything's fucked. Oh, sure. <laughs> the climate yeah. change angle. The levolution. Yes. <laughs> but, like, if they just made a 2142 or 2143 instead of Battlefield 4, like the Battlefield 4 tech <laughs> with 2142's world, that would have been great. Was it um, one of the PGA Tour games that let you play on that Battlefield 4? Yeah, it was the whatever Tiger Woods game came out around that time. They had the weird, like, the one hole of a course that was playing off the deck of that destroyed aircraft carrier onto that island. (laughs) It was funny. Crossovers. So anyway, that was 2142. A better sequel than most of the other sequels of Battlefield games that came afterwards. (laughs) It was a... That's a heck of a thing. I mean, uh, I mean do you, you remember, remember the in-game advertisements on that? Yeah, that yeah. lots of Intel ads. It was always Intel, right? I don't think I saw anything <laughs> else because they only probably sold like one yeah. set of those ads. I I've never been actually against the idea of like having adverts. Would it make sense? And, yeah, in games like Even that, kind of doesn't really make sense in the near future. But you know, make excuses. Well, have your like. If you're going to do that in a game and it's popular enough that you can, uh, I think that's my, that, this might be the thing. You'll have to add it late after the fact, right? Which is going to annoy your player base probably. Yeah. Um, but if you do that and uh, uh, and your game's popular enough that your marketing team could, you know, inworldify the graphics of the ads a little. <laughs> what you mean, like they did for fucking 
Fifth Element. A little bit, yeah. Whatever that game's called. New um, York Race. New York Race, yeah. <laughs> Weird future Rolexes. Then, then I'd yeah, and cars. Then cars. Then, then maybe that would be totally acceptable. Maybe a bit more pressure on your art team. Yeah, yeah. that's quite a lot of effort. I don't know. Is it? Like, if it's just a billboard. Yeah, please. but you have to invent a concept for a future version of the advert product you're trying to advertise. It's but like you... it's not just like you're just making oh, a weird bit of art. Maybe don't maybe you don't have to do it for future products necessarily, but you could like future company logos. Or yeah, slightly stylize the ad so it fits into the world. I'm sure that wouldn't be a very worthwhile ad to the people you're trying to sell it to. No, though. maybe not. Maybe that's the maybe that's the problem. But I don't know, if it was an EA game and they tried to advertise other EA games in a weird way, mm. I'd be totally okay with that. <laughs> so anyway... So I mean, that sometimes happens, right? You sometimes, like, is it... Was it Apex or something that had, like, some of its billboards would occasionally say ads for something else? But, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I'm sure I've seen, like, things like that where it's just been, like... Well, I suppose Rocket League does it occasionally, but usually for its own events. Yeah. And, um. I'm sure I've like been in a game and there's just been a huge billboard that's been advertising some esports competition for a different game. Maybe. Like, yeah. So the second one on this list, slightly less as uh, enthusiasm about it, maybe, is Monday Night Combat, obviously. Oh boy, yes. Because <laughs> don't want the sequel they made for that. No. I mean, I dabbled in Super Monday Night Combat and it was... It's not the same game. No. But... It wasn't for you know for a shooter-ish MOBA. It was all right, but the first one was a better shooter-ish MOBA. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> that was just that was. I mean, again, I would say the same thing about Twelve Forty Two in some ways, but like for a, for a, a weird off-spin shooter thing, they somehow created a fairly good world, and the mother and the mother that combat world is weirdly funny in its mm. construction. Slightly. Like the whole idea of like your what in Call of Duty is like perks are your corporate sponsorships, and they give you little buffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like that was great. <laughs> that system was really good, and the fact that it's just like sponsored. Hot dogs and churros yeah. about the place, and everything is like you know you get the juice, and then that the money ball guy comes out and you shoot shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like it was a funny little like weird corporate deathmatch world. And the weird, they created. the weird chicken. Yeah, what's the chicken about? The, that came later with that with, with that like the one DLC map they did. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what the chicken was about. When you still shot him, and money came out. It was basically oh, okay. the same as it's just a chicken. But then you get the juice, and then you shoot the guys. And it had the, the the cool but also weird system where taunts actually mattered. Like, if you taunted after you kill someone, you get more cash. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Which yeah, kind yeah. of takes away from the point of it being a taunt, but also, you know... It was funny. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and it gave you a reason to use them in fight rather than just... And, like, it then made it, like, a risk versus reward. Yeah. Like, you lock yourself into this taunt animation, but you're going to get more cash. <laughs> Whereas most, like... I don't know, the closest thing you can get is like a finisher, right? And I think Apex has finishers mm. and stuff like that. But they are just there to be cool. You don't gain from them. Mm. And it's like, uh, I... yeah, I, I think I think Nightcomer had some really fantastic ideas. I think where it fell down a little bit on the, I mean, I guess this is, I don't know how else they would have done it, but it's like when the Moneyball shield came came down and all you're well, really doing is firing at it i but mean it's, it's a, sort of the that is like it was always, there was really only dota around before this of course because this is hella old but like 
that is just like the MOBA problem, isn't it? Like the towers and the and the thing at the end that you have to blow up. Mm. By the time you're blowing the thing up at the end, you've basically already won. <laughs> it's very rare that there's ever any kind of actual comebacks at that point. So there's the same problem with the money ball. Once the shield goes down, you just stand there and shoot it for a minute or two. <laughs> it's not really anything that either side can do at that point. Mm. So yeah, that's money not combat. No, it was, oh, it's just so good. I mean, the, the class makeup was also brilliantly balanced. Yep, it's pretty great for a TF2 esque setup. It was one of the few games where I really didn't mind playing as the stealth class either. I never got the hang of it, but oh, I wasn't. I wasn't good. But it was still kind of enjoyable, yeah. right? And that that happens to me so rarely. Because I just played engineer, the dumb, the, that Italian guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was yeah, Italian yeah. for some reason, of course, because that's what you do with random character archetypes. I can't remember who I played the most of that. It's probably just the regular guy, you know, the the normal assault, the, yeah, dude. the assault grenade launcher dude. Yeah, he was kind I, of like the demo. <laughs> but I think I played as the 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 heavy quite a lot. You know, the guy, the mech suit. Hawaiian. That, I'm pretty sure he was alright, right? I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I, I remember not as much of that game as I should. And you can't really play it now unless you set up a LAN. Mm. Um, or the, you could play the, the wave defense mode. Oh yeah, they added <laughs> that, didn't they? That's money not combat. Um, I might do that, actually. Yeah, just, exactly. just well, we should myself. make a video. Yeah, just remind <laughs> myself what it looks like. Uh, next on this list for... Games that should have a sequel, but not the one they made. SimCity 4. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I mean... Because Sky City Skylines is good, but it just doesn't feel as well made as a Maxis SimCity game. I don't know why. It's just like, it just doesn't feel as as well polished and like high quality mm. as the Maxis SimCity games used to. SimCity 4 is crazy. How did they make that at the time? Just, I mean, it's so detailed and... I don't know. Well, I mean, it's all like bitmaps or whatever, isn't it? It's yeah, actually, I know. But they got around the problem of early free, well, not even early, mid three D graphics by by not doing skipping it. that. Yeah. <laughs> but still, That's the simulation is not yeah, bad in four. It's okay yeah, being, for being almost entirely estimated and statistical. Yeah, yeah. The thing still they just tried maps. to get away from. That's the way to do it, though. <laughs> yeah. I guess, like, I really appreciated what they tried to do with modern SimCity, like having. But City Skyline having still does on... that better. Just like, I mean, it uses it in in the places where it makes more sense, right? And then uses stats for the rest of it. Is 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 kind of a hybrid of the two models. Right? Well, yeah, I guess kind of. And obviously, the thing about City Skylines is like, at a certain point, stuff does just disappear. Like traffic, if if your traffic sits still for too long, it just starts vanishing, and it's oh. like, oh, those those people didn't get where they go so they get like a negative bonus to happiness or whatever it doesn't uh, actually truly simulate the whole right i suppose that is some way of mitigating like it's blocked forever basically like yeah because i mean and theoretically you could work. just have a gridlock that you would would be possible impossible to get out well, of because you can't to... actually do anything about yeah. it <laughs> and then maybe in itself that's kind of a thing like where you could potentially do something about well, it well that's right? why there's like, mods yeah you can turn on traffic doesn't disappear and then get, get real screwed <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but then like, yeah, then it's up to you to actually be like, okay, how how do I fix this problem? How do I direct the traffic out of the issue? Yeah. And that's why yeah. there's all those traffic mods for Skylines as well, with all mm. their little lane assigning and whatnot. And it could be a thing, but I could also see it becoming busy work. Every sure, time it I mean, it's, it was a that was why we, it was that was why it was a balance in 
SimCity 5 between like the detail of the simulation and still being a game. Mm. But then they were they hamstrung themselves so badly with the detail of the simulation fucking up the size of the map that it just like it turned into barely a game. Right, yeah. And it did have some good ideas, like the goddamn the modular buildings was a fucking genius idea. Talk to me about the modular buildings. With the idea that you could just place like a base fire station for cheap and then like add oh. extra like extra fire engine bays or extra like radio towers or whatever onto it later that's to kind of cool. imp- improve its usefulness except though that sort of system can be mildly annoying because of like having to demolish space around it yeah but that was the whole point you didn't have to in fear it's well for some of the upgrades obviously some of them you did still have to sort hmm. of account for the future space like extra yeah, yeah. fire engine bays or whatever but you could make a better version of that system that did like because really, you could easily do it where you like you, the lowest tier of fire station just has like a big garden around it, like an empty lot around it, essentially. Uh, yeah, so yeah. you like reserve the space ahead of time for the future upgrades. True. It was a good idea. It just was in a not great game. <laughs> like I said, yeah, I don't think I don't think many of the ideas in that game were actually bad. No, they just didn't execute. No. And then Maxis died. And then Maxis died as a result, which is super sad, really. Yep. And speaking of, but then all those devs went off and did like other things, and that's why we end- we've sort of ended up with the uh, indie management revival in uh, a way. I guess. Like SimCity's demise of. might be why we've got games like. Well, it's almost certainly why we've got Skylines. And well, and that, that wasn't anything to do with Maxis, though. That was just like. They capitalized on the display, yeah, exactly. on the device of access. They did, they, but that's why it stuck around and why it's still still a thing. Yeah, um, and also like I don't know, uh, two point hospital, right? And that, yeah, those I sorts of so. things. It's like they might not have come about without the uh, without the demise of Maxis. It's a weird, it's a weird state to be in. Mm. And then the last one for this segment, uh, Paper Mario. Because what, like Super Paper thousand. Mario? Oh no, oh, Paper no, Mario exactly. Thousand Year Door. Anything after the second one? Forget all those. Make mm. a better I, sequel. Did anyone play the first one? I haven't. No, I um, played a part of it, but I never got. The trouble is, it's because it's an N sixty four game. It's quite jack. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> Thousand Year Door is not going to be repeated, is it? No. Yeah. It's it's, it's a flash in the pan. It so. should be. Especially now that Marin Luigi is fucking dead as well, because yeah. of Alpha Dream dying. There's there's such a there's a huge gap now in in that style of game, and I don't. The thing is, is I don't know if there's really a. Okay, it works because it's Mario primarily, right? If someone else tried to sneak in on the papercraft RPG, then but but it wasn't tied to the fact that it was Mario, right? It works because it's a twist on something really well known. You couldn't just like come out with a brand new IP that was that now, right? And it be uh, as I mean, good because could, most of the game's humor like... was a play on Mario. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know if it was necessarily that much of a direct play on Mario. Was, Remember those birds was... in the trees who were like, yes, <laughs> what joking about wireless networking Fat or something? <laughs> Fat pipes. Fat pipes. But it, yeah, but it wasn't really a, like a direct joke on Mario. It was just like. Everything about the entire game was subtly not a Mario universe. Yeah, <laughs> like why is this town all shitty and run down and has a noose in the town center and <laughs> and the mafia and <laughs> it's like it yeah. wasn't like super specific jokes about Mario things. I mean, I guess fucking 
thousand was kind of the one big like joke about the Mario universe as he often is, where it's just it like was pretty he's weird not the having villain. <laughs> the Princess Peach sections were quite strange. Like the implication of what was going on with Princess Peach was quite weird. I mean, it made sense that she yeah. actually would try and do something for a change. I mean, that was the, that was the subversion, the, the more broad subversion. Of, right. Like, Princess Peach actually does anything at all. Yeah, that's true. She has a plan of some kind. So yeah, I mean, like now that Mario, Mario and Luigi is fucked, we can have a Paper Mario RPG again, right? Because that be was good. the whole reason that they stopped doing them like that. They said, whereas like we don't want two Mario RPGs because so we'll have just keep Mario and Luigi, and Paper Mario can become all these other weird crap like card based battle, whatever the fuck they did. But right. now Mario, Mario and Luigi's gone back to RPGs, surely. <laughs> We could only hope. That's probably one of the best, like, light RPGs. Yeah. And probably it better had, than Pokemon, like, to be fair. I mean... Nice mechanics. Like, the stylish thing was cool. Yeah. Like, the, the whole yeah, mechanic cool. of the crowd was just like, that's an ingenious idea. Yeah. Was that, was that new, or was that from Mario and Luigi? I think that was actually new. I think in, Mario, in Paper Mario 1, you just get generic battle scenes. I think. I don't really remember it that well, the little bit of it that I did play. But yeah. I remember the like Yoshi in the fighting tournament. Not Yoshi. What was his name? Which one? The, the, the main you got boss. You different colours, didn't you? Uh, the, oh, uh, yeah. What, the Yoshi that you had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you meet him at the like wrestling uh, yes, arena. At the wrestling tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. And the colours were like based on what name you gave him. That's for some right. Reason. Yeah. Weird. But yeah, and Robert has apparently had to go take a phone call, which is why he's not saying anything right now. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> so anyway, that... that's the end of that first section of games, <laughs> of games that, that deserve us. proper sequels and got yeah. sequels, but not the ones we wanted. Yep. So that's the end of that. So now we've got Deus the. Ex. Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Kind of, yeah. Now we've got the section that I've just called mechanics that were great. Like games that had cool mechanics that like didn't really get enough play after the game they were in, I don't right. think. Although Copy maybe, this. You know, maybe I didn't play all games ever. So the oh, first one on this list was uh, World in Conflict, basically. Right. Yes. How World in Conflict did RTSs? Its requisition systems. Yeah, the reinforcement points and tactical mm. aid, and getting rid of base building in an RTS. It's like, did that come from like ground control, or, or or did it, or was it probably brand new? Probably. I mean, it was probably based on some of those ideas. Yeah, I don't know. If I, I've never played ground control, so I don't. I think I did once, but, but as a like a full like top down RTS style, I'm not sure it had been done that way before. Oh, and there was those, the, um, it must have been before, they did those, like, Warhammer games. The Relic Warhammer games. Yeah, the Relic, yeah. early Relic Warhammer games. They had sort of a similar, they still had a little bit of base building, though, I think. Dawn of War and yeah. Dawn of War 2. Yeah, they had, um. They're pretty good. They, they did, did have Company base of building. Heroes as well. Yeah, Company of Heroes is more that way, like, let, although it gets base building eventually, but not for quite a long time in the campaign. Um, yeah, but yeah, it doesn't so have the same mechanics as World in Conflict, that's for sure. But yeah, the World in Conflict. And also, I mean... I mean, it made it for a really interesting multiplayer, right? <laughs> yeah, like, that was its big advantage, was like, make multiplayer 
sort of bearable, I guess. In an RPS. I guess yeah, because I loved you could re- you could actually just focus down on what your squad was up to, right? Because your squad wouldn't be huge. Yeah, well, you're limited by how many units you could have. Yeah, re- it, it re- could re- be a reasonable re- size because you might still be like splitting your ground and air troops but you were rolled right so i'm the air force guy yeah so i'm i'm gonna be trying to move my choppers where they where it makes sense or i'm the tank guy or i'm the sneaky infantry guy yeah and it's like and it made sense to fill the roles and to... man it was a yeah that was a smart ass and also less of the mechanics but just like the whole tactical aid system which was a mechanic but also real cool it yeah. was a great idea for just like an rts game where i mean Arguably, you could just say this whole game is just another MOBA. <laughs> you're like I mean, so managing of. the lane of units, and then you're getting your skills that you just hit every few seconds. I mean, sort of, yeah. It doesn't have the creep, but the skills every that you got every few seconds. It's like that was a currency, right? The tactical yeah. aid. So, like, you could pop a nuke if you wanted to. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. The nukes were, and also I, the nukes were just cool. But like that was their thing. It was just like they were just cool. They were so completely useless and like way too expensive to actually be worthwhile saving up that many tactical aid points. Mm. But it was just, it was basically just a taunt. Yeah. You were like we're winning this so much, I'm going to launch a nuke because <laughs> I don't even <laughs> need these tactical aid points for real actual use. And it would mess up an area of the map for a while. Not for very long though. Not as long as you'd hope <laughs> for as much money as you spend on that. <laughs> But yeah, the whole tactical aid system. And also, I mean, the way each type of unit had two skills, like an offense skill and a defense skill, that was put on like Q and E on your keyboard. So you can, mm. as you selected different units, you had all those little different options, mostly just smoke on defense, obviously. But the offensive ones were kind of interesting. The one, yeah. the one that I exploited using medium anti-air that could, sh- for a short period, shoot at ground. Because that always surprised people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck them right up. Or oh, constant shouting of the word heat. Yep, heat out heat. of heavy tanks. Heat. So, yeah, that was a pretty cool RTS game mechanic. I mean, in they, had a, they had a pretty great campaign as well. It's not yep. As, uh, you know, the whole everything actually did go wrong. <laughs> like midpoint of the game is kind of is kind of neat. The flashback was maybe a bit much. Hmm. But, I mean, it gave you an opportunity to do some slightly different things, have some different units in France. Mm. <laughs> so then the next on the list of cool mechanics that should have done, people should have done more stuff was uh, Left 4 Dead. The whole concept of the director. Not enough games have really done that concept again. No. And my example that I came that I thought of that would have been fucking amazing is you take the whole concept of the director and like having a level that like shunts you down different routes and spawns different enemies. Put that in Titanfall. <laughs> have you be like a group of pilots who has to go and do an objective, but it's right. like a randomly set up route and the grunts spawn differently every time, and like maybe an enemy titan shows up like a tank would in Left 4 Dead or whatever. Just put that in Titanfall. That would have been fucking amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of what the horde modes in those games sort of are to some extent. You can't like they randomize the wave coming at you. Sure, but it's still um, a horde, like a defensive thing, not yeah. really like a moving forwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the director was a cool idea, but like, I feel like that could have had more games based on that whole system. They've tried to. It's not really director related. This is slightly different offshoot. But there's, I haven't played it yet. But there's something objectivey in Apex now. Mm-hmm. In Apex Legends, like there's something. There's an objective you can do to to win, as well as 
on uh, i think in you might have to turn it on in one of the modes or something but like yeah you can do the objective instead of being first to win or last you know last remaining sorry mm. which is kind of interesting <laughs> kind of although how that might be weird with the the like the ring or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how. I honestly know little about it. I just noticed it on screen when they were doing Mirage's Hollow Day thing at the Game Awards, and it's just like, oh, maybe some of this objective-based stuff is coming back. Hmm. Maybe, but still, yeah, not the director. The director should really, or just more randomized elements about not just the enemies that spawn, but the environment itself. Yeah. That should totally be more of a thing. Like, because look, what's the closest thing we get? Is it's procedurally generated dungeons in, like Diablo esque, yeah, games, or Enter the Gungeon, or Isaac, or Rogue Legacy to some degree. You know, it's like in it, but it's not quite the same, is it? There's, there's something, there's something about how the director did it that was, and admittedly, that was probably better in the first game than in the second. Actually, because the second game, I felt like they just ramped up things like the horde and stuff like that. You know, when those occurred, uh, to the point where it was just like a little too much. Yeah, a little too constant. Yeah, you could be like, or you could became a bit predictable, right? It would be like, okay, it's been far too long. It's going to happen any second now. Oh, and there it is. Well, like I, it, it was, I, it was, it was always kind of predictable, but like. I feel like they definitely let you go a bit longer without anything happening in Definite One. Yeah. Where you can just like wander around and look for crap, <laughs> pick up the med kits or whatever. Yeah. And still, you know, feel like you're... the horde felt like an event as opposed to, you know, or yeah. it felt like more yeah. of an event as opposed to just being the thing you deal with. And also, maybe in Left 4 Dead 2, it was like they had a lot more instances of just like generic pressure on everything in the level. Like, the hurricane and whatnot, and like the, the there's that bit where you set off the alarms and you have to run through the fence mm. maze on the on the decontamination site. Oh, sure. like, there's a, a lot more instances of that where it's just like more intense, mm. rather than Left 4 Dead, where it's just like the intensity just sort of happened naturally from the hordes occurring and like then the occasional special all the tank. Yeah, I kind of want it to. The thing I think I wanted from those games that never really occurred. I mean, it occurred a little bit in the early days of the first game is unwittingly making mistakes, right? I want players to be able to... It's <laughs> a very difficult thing, though. Yeah. You only get that once. It's, it's super hard. But you like, or, you know, like the, the director has the ability to put things in specific ways that it's really hard to see them or something, or like, or then you do a thing and it like makes it worse. And it's like, okay, the cars were kind of in that direction, right, to some degree, where setting off a car alarm would yeah, um, would, would be, the would whole, be a yeah. problem. Yeah. I kind of want more of those, more accidents, right? What the the went, accidents are what make that interesting. What if you went like super hardcore? I don't know if it would be like that great because it might actually start pissing people off. But what if you went all the way with the director where like make it so that it would be possible for the, when it shunts you down a different route, make it so you can go partially down that route and then it just blocks it entirely off and you have to backtrack. Oh, brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make it like so even if you know the level, it's a chance that you you think you're going down one route but you're totally not because you're then gonna have to go all the way back or all right this this could be wild what if the game was built a bit like outrun and that it's just one map but the route can split in 
like a like a billion different ways. That's difficult to constrain a level, though. Is sort of mm. the problem with that when you're in first. Well, it could person be a level with like in. okay, a level with multiple exits, right? And then, you, but the different exits take you to different next stages. So instead of having like the campaigns, it's like you'll go through about four or five levels. But because they're branching all the time. Yeah, but now you're getting into like COD zombies almost, where it's like you have to do very specific things to go a very specific route. Maybe, but the director could pick, is what I mean. Yeah, I guess. It's like, so, so what you could, there might be routes that you may not see for a really long time, or there might be like just a super rare secret thing that could happen occasionally, like a stupid reload in Battlefield Hardline. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of want it to be able to surprise you more. Yeah. Um, surprise is difficult. And let's not forget, there is one of these in development right now. Theoretically, yeah. So they keep saying, not a Left for Dead though. I forget what it's called. It's like a, it's a bad name, but it's got a four in it. Yes. Um, not as good as the Left for Dead. That's a great name, but yeah. No, nope, can't remember. And I know I keep um, saying it like every time I think about Left for Dead, it's just like I want to go play it, but I, you just can't. There's like, it's not possible to get four people together in a game any longer. And playing it randoms is only... No, no, know, playing it with randoms didn't work at all. Not that great. No. Sometimes no. it's okay, but not uh, that often. No, that was that was, that was was no fun to me, having a, having a rando in the game. And then the last one for mechanics that were great that should have been used more. Except this one isn't really so much, isn't really true, true I guess, is the destruction in Red Faction Gorilla. <laughs> Basing a game around the destruction was really the sort of because it's not like there hasn't been destructible scenery in lots of other games since then. Mm. Like you mm. just look at a video of Battlefield Five and you'll see all those houses getting fucked up and all that stuff. But like making it, making it the whole game mechanic was kind of the trick to Resurrection Gorilla somehow. Yeah, this um, who cares attitude? <laughs> kind of. I mean, could you get creative with it, particularly or a bit? Well, the trouble with it in Gorilla was like the different ways to destroy buildings kind of unlocked too far apart, I guess. Because you did a lot of work with the with the clip on mine things, whatever mm. those were called. I guess just cause is like the closest, right? Yeah, just cause is kind of the same, but like the... it's not about the destruction primarily. Is yeah, it? I mean you've got the red stuff to destroy, but <clears throat> but they're all just like a thing you shoot and then it blows up. It's right. not like yeah, right. you have to actually take down this building in a specific way. That was the trick, the Red Faction, I guess. Or that it's mildly awkward to take them down. I mean, yeah, Red Faction, you could be in a situation where it's like, ah, oh, I haven't actually got any explosives right now. Um, I've got my hammer still. Yep. So I start working. I could mush through this wall, and then I could get inside and do the thing I needed to do in there and hope there's some explosives inside. And Yeah, there was, I mean, it, it, it gave you the tools to just tackle most things in lots of different... Because, I suppose Gorilla had the slight problem that you'd often be in the same area quite a lot. Well, and right. everything was quite similar until quite late in the game. Yeah. Once you got to the high-class area. It was a little bit cookie-cutter in places. Yeah. Right? Um, but it, it sort of meant that it's like, oh, hey, I've got different equipment right now compared to what you did, a, did But last not enough time. different equipment. That was kind of the trouble. Mm. Like, it took so long after you get the debt charges right at the start, and then, like, the next thing that really takes down buildings is, like, the nano rifle, and that's practically the end of the game. Mm. <laughs> or the thermobaric rockets, but that's way too expensive to be firing those around all over the place. <laughs> but that's why they put the destruction mode in. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> a just have, different just have, game mode. Yeah, just just let you run run riot with the with the ridiculous guns. Or what was it? Didn't they have like you had an ammo limit, like a really 
yeah, they did, there was different versions of that destruction game mode where it's just like a time limit or like a very limited pool of ammo that you had to use to cause as much damage as possible. Mm. <laughs> it was pretty cool. But then like now it now destruct now destructive scenery is just for cosmetics mostly. Not actually yeah. game mechanic any longer. It's just sort of expected, I guess. I mean Crackdown tried. <laughs> kind of. And mostly failed. And then the last category I came up with, which is a much shorter one, is just games that you wish you could play for the first time again, which is basically all the puzzle games. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> just The Witness, Thanks. Andy Chamber, Infinity Factory, and Fairs. It's just like pretty much all of those have yeah. like amazing puzzle stuff, but it's just like you can't go back. Oh, I, I mean, see. Maybe, maybe sort of can for Andy Chamber, because that's like weird enough that it's still because the puzzles in that aren't so much like set it's not like the witness where it's like a set puzzle <laughs> and the shape is a more environmental thing and it's sort of easier to forget parts I of it there's a certain element like i can't say i remember all of the mechanics in the witness anymore i'm sure you would though as soon as you started playing it. maybe like you'd look at the screen you'd see the symbol you'd be like oh yeah i remember what i have to do even if i don't remember the solution to this puzzle but that or gets me quite a lot of the way there. Or at the very least, you'd hopefully stumble upon the, the clue. Because well, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're well, to... I guess all, yeah, that is sort of the other thing that would help if going back to the witness is like you're never going to forget the how that game functions in general, sort of thing. Like, go to, you, if you find the tutorial at the start of an area that tells you how, that like leads you into how that puzzle mechanic works, then you learn what that symbol means. Like, you're not going to forget that. <laughs> Even if you forget a specific mechanic, mm. you're still going to know to look for that kind of thing. Yeah, you're never going to have that the witness's eureka moment. Well, no, again. you're not going to have the cool environmental puzzle thing. That I mean, yeah. Although possibly that might, arguably, you could say that the witness has basically boned that for every game ever. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe, <laughs> like, yeah. That's, you're never going to be surprised by something like that again because you'll you're kind of be like. As soon as there's any hint of a certain shape, you'll be like, oh, wait. <laughs> it's sort of a shame that The Witness, outside of its secret ending, doesn't do more with kind of what the secret ending implies, right? That eventually everything is a puzzle. Yeah. Um, it's a sort of a shame that it doesn't roll with that a little bit more, and that it is just that secret ending that, that plays with that a little bit. It's like, I'm seeing it everywhere. <laughs> Is it FMV? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And then Fez, obviously. Man. So. I'm angry at the world about Fez. <laughs> and we only got, like, partially spoiled on Fez, even. I mean, we did pretty good. I mean, we came at it late. Yeah. But, yeah, we there was only there were very few details um, that we knew going into it. And. Wow, what a ridiculously great experience that is to try and figure that stuff out. Um, but man, I'm 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 bummed about it now because it's like there were going to be more fez. <laughs> this is goes back to the first category of games that should have had a sequel, except this one didn't have a this sequel. This one didn't, yeah, because of the community and the creator not getting on. I forget exactly what the circumstances were. I think there were ass hats on both sides of this, but it caused him 
the, the creator of Bethesda effectively bailed from video games completely. I don't know just, if it was it just did him so much stress. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if it was necessarily like a specific thing that happened. I think it was just like a build up over time of like because mm. I mean it's like every goddamn internet community eventually he will just build up that kind of pressure after a certain period of time. I mean, there must have been that pressure before Fez even came out because it, it sure, we, but then we knew about it a long time before it came out. It is kind of it's sort of an unknown at that point though. And that's sort of an internal pressure. It's like what that when they did that documentary about Meat Boy or whatever. Mm. And it was like it's an internal pressure at that point because you're like people don't know that this game is going to be right. amazing or whatever. Yeah, because that documentary was before Fez came out, right? And it yeah. was following his uh, convention pressure. Yeah, and like the ability, you know, the last minute build for packs or something, yeah. and it didn't work. Yeah. It was crashing on the stand, and it's like, and how much that. That's a more internal pressure rather than an external pressure of like yeah. wanting a sequel and various other things pissing people off about things about. I mean, there was only like what other than a disaster piece. There were oh, I think him and his co-programmer fell out at, yeah. at one point as well. I think so. It didn't happen because they had to design their whole game engine from scratch, which is why it then took ages to port as well. Which is one of the things that the community gradually got more annoyed about. Yeah. But hey, what a ridiculous game that is! That is that is up there, like in my pantheon of games. It's mm. like it's 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 a ridiculously good thing. Yeah, and it, it's one of my favorite soundtracks to a video game ever. Yep, it's great. Like Disaster Piece is just amazing. I probably will eventually play Fez again, even though I remember a lot of it. Because yeah, that's the problem. Well, I have it on my Steam. I mean, we could. It's like least, I actually have it. I guess we, we, we should do a video of that well, like, sure. first hour, something like that. Or... And then the or maybe lo- just do the whole thing. It's been long enough. <laughs> maybe. Just go for it. Yeah. And then the last one that I mentioned was Infinite Factory, but that's like it's slightly different for Infinite Factory because like because of when I played it. Because I played it in the early access that's not really early access because that's what he does thing he does with his games. Where it's like they, they come in, they go into early access, but it's they're basically done. Hmm. It's it's more like a real early access, like a actual beta or whatever. <laughs> Actually uses it for testing. But I played through it. And, you know, I was the 23rd person to play for it, apparently. <laughs> As my badge proclaims. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when... a photo on the site, actually. So. <laughs> yeah. But when I got through that, through the campaign, that's not that's not actually the whole campaign. That's the thing. In, in, at that point in early access, that's where the campaign ends. The campaign ends. When you get, you get... You're working for the overlords, the aliens, mm. and then at the end, when you go to your last performance review... That a bomb appears and blows them up, and you fall out of the ship, and then the humans pick you up. And it's like that's just where the game ends originally. Well, you wake up in the human base, and you can talk to them for a minute, and then that acts as like the puzzle builder world, essentially. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So you could you could go in there and build build user puzzles, and that's where it ended originally, which was great. But then, and still quite a like dramatic twist, even I guess. But then once they for a puzzle game, yeah. <laughs> but then once you put in the whole second campaign, the resistance campaign, and the puzzle mechanics start getting even more ridiculous, and then it also has its own story of like trying to escape the overlords and get back to Earth and all that stuff. It's like, this is even better. But then the fact that I played it and basically sopped and then came back to it, it's like it slightly messed up the awesomeness of those reveals of it coming in parts. Right, yeah. Because you weren't 
you were in the zone and then came out of the zone and then had to get back in it. Yeah. But it, it's it's safe to say it's probably the most ambitious Zachtronics game. Sure. Uh, yeah. But like, because he hasn't done anything on that scale since, right? No, not like a three D actual game game. <laughs> still, his two D quality games are still great. Opus Magnum and Shenzhen are the two you've done, haven't they? Yeah, and there's a new one that's just come out, which I may get into. Oh, yeah. How does he make so many of them? Well, let's be honest, they are some of them are quite similar. <laughs> like this, this new one looks quite a lot like another Opus Magnum. No, right. Another alchemy, another chem... Yeah, chemical base, like yeah. moving the atoms around type thing. Mm. And then Space Game, obviously, pretty much the same yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> the progenitor. And then the, whatever it was called, the Flash game. Al- it's a codex of oh, alchemical engineering. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he does make the same game several times, essentially. But And it's obviously Shenzhen, there's the prequel to that. TIS-100. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shenzhen's pretty much the sequel to that. Yeah. But they're still all great. I mean, to fit your... The way you think, I suppose, it's changing the puzzle, yeah, just enough to keep you interested, right? Yes, exactly. It's like it's it's going from infinite. Uh, I'm not uh, from Factorio to well, Toma Factory. <laughs> yeah, I love one of those games. <laughs> but it's not like I would play more bu- puzzles in one of those games. Like that was why, like when Space Game did that whole the journal where they just kept adding more and more puzzles. It mm. was like great. I just keep just keep putting more puzzles in it. It's fine. I'll continue to play that. Hmm. I even did the DLC in Space Game. Suppose it's a bit like Picross. Yeah, just give me more Picross. I'm happy. Yeah, more more puzzles, even though it's the same puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much the end of my list. That's just like those were interesting games and shit that I wanted to talk about and to field time in the special podcast. <laughs> Those were the concepts I came up with. Nicely filled. I would argue that a lot of that is actually more recent than I was expecting from you. Like, well, that, I like think... nothing back in the old, old Atari days? Or well, like... I think that's what we talked about when we were first talking about making this podcast about older games. It's just like, I don't really remember. Yeah, I, 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 I realised that I didn't really play many games before 1996. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I guess was... if I want... If I wanted to add just like a couple more to the just names of cool games, it was like I guess there was Hostile Waters, there was Freelancer. Oh yeah, Damn, there was yeah, <laughs> there was Freelancer. Oh man, can we talk about how they should make a Freelancer sequel? I guess, <laughs> or not a sequel, but like a spiritual sequel, because like yeah. I don't. That seems like the perfect framework for a game. I just wonder what it would be if you compare that. Like, how much would it have to be like? you know, um, Elite Dangerous? Or, like, how much would it have to be... Well, like, I mean, cause... it's X3, isn't it? It's like the X games are basically, Maybe. like, the sort of freelancer <laughs> upgraded to more, not exactly modern. But... They have zero personality at all, those yeah. X games. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the trouble like, with those. That's the thing about Freelancer, is it had a lot of personality, and it had these kind of weird, like, um, you know, the the concepts. I quite like the stupid idea of the colony ships, and then, then they set up their own sort of you know, based space, on the continents of Earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Space England and Space Germany and, and Space, space America. That was kind of cool. Or was it space I mean, Japan? the thing that you Japan couldn't do, I think, is like, you'd have to... Of course, this is really hard. It wouldn't have to be full-on um, uh, 
Oh, what's it called? What's the stupid game that promised everything and deli- didn't deliver it? Um, Eve? No. <laughs> no, no Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. Oh, right, yeah. Where you where you fly down to the planet necessarily, but like you couldn't just do that docking ring thing again. I think you'd have to do something. Yeah, and probably. then and then the like the lanes they make it the, the the they make it really obvious that it's just a like really small flat solar system where none of the planets actually move and it doesn't really you'd have to do yeah. something else in terms of the transiting around the system I, mean, I, I, I mean i'm not even sure if you if you would really i mean they 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 sort of unless you had like random events that mess up the lanes a bit more well, well that's what they, they did should... right like, yeah i know but like permanently take that those lanes out for a while or well, i think yeah. if you wanted to keep the whole concept of lanes you'd need to be like you need to make it less obvious that everything was tiny and yeah. non like you don't have a lane that leads between two planets. Only have yeah. lanes that go like out into an asteroid field or whatever. Well well, but then why would you build them? Like that's the thing. You need for to solve mining. that problem of yeah, I guess for mining. But you it, obviously it doesn't have to be as massive and detailed as like well not detailed. It doesn't have to be as giant scale as like evil. Well it's like you just yeah, don't, don't you don't want it to be procedural. That's no. the trick. You don't, you don't want to be no man's sky. Exactly. Where everything is just procedural. Well, I, I could do without the planet stuff, right? Just keep everything in space to some degree. Yeah, I mean, I that mean, works. Like but... yeah. yeah, well, I that's mean, what I mean. Yeah, that you would, I, I think I would like to expand it so you did a little on the planet, maybe, or something, or I don't know. But even like, if it's just somewhere you land, right? Yeah, that would land be fine. On the planet and just it's a base. Or... Yeah, and a bit more fun to like docking in a space station, not full on Elite Dangerous where it's like hardcore trying to fucking land the thing, but just so a little you're saying bit more. You want Mass Effect, but with space combat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's well, if you think about it, Freelancer is not that far off that. It's, it's mm. just like, it, you know, obviously Mass Effect is way heavier on the RPG elements. You could go a lot lighter. Um, we'll ever find out who owns the stations, though. <laughs> but yeah, Freelancer and Mass <laughs> Effect 2 are not actually that. <laughs> You know, you could merge those concepts, don't yeah. you think? And yeah, it would be I, cool. My my head is now thinking, what if they did a Cowboy Bebop game? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Because <laughs> in mean... Cowboy Bebop, they have those gates, right? To fly yeah. around the solar system. Uh, and that is cool. Although they're more like the, the inter-system gates in, um, what are they called? In uh, in Freelancer, right? Yeah. Because they're more the like jump, gate. jump gates. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, neither of us have played Ever Space. Isn't that isn't that aren't those games down this sort of direction? I have no idea. Ever Space and Ever Space Two. Well, Ever Space Two's not out yet, but well, maybe. But like the other thing about Freelance was just like it was such a weird control scheme. That was one, yeah. one of the things that made it very distinct from all the other space well, games. The mouse-based aiming yeah, at the time was kind of new, and right? like the you know ships and weapons system was kind of nice it wasn't overly complicated but it made it slightly interesting where you like looted loot special weapons off secretly hidden wrecked ships and stuff it was kind of cool yeah i don't know what you're saying to get to get me into a space shooter again i just don't want the full-on freaking star citizen i want freelancer something a bit Mm -hmm. You know, more you don't fun want to than... have to like adjust your shield balance or whatever, like a, like, like old school Star Wars. No, I mean that was fine in X Wing because that was the whole point, and that was yeah. all you were doing. It didn't have everything else. Um, but yeah, exactly, exactly that. Like obviously, like, yeah. Well, even Wing Commander, like yeah, simple had had the was it the tri-state power system, right? Did you want weapons, engines, or shields? or shields? Yeah, yeah. but that's, and you that's could, just and you could move it yeah. around the triangle. I mean, I wouldn't mind that. That's not so bad. You, I haven't seen that in a console game. 
yeah. ever. It just needs to be like me- medium com- complexity, not like yeah. super sim. I bet exactly. that stuff's in Elite. Like, right? Oh, that yeah. Stuff must be in Elite, right? Probably. And that's a console game. So but that, that might be, that might be it... like three quarters complexity, not like half. <laughs> that's, that's slightly edging yeah. further up. It's edging too far and not enough like personality in terms of. They're okay, too procedural you know, it, in terms it, of missions. That's the problem. Don't, with, like, don't be wrong. Like Elite. Elite seems really cool, but like, and I know uh, I know a guy who's like super in it on into it on the PlayStation. But it just seems because it's, it's one of those games where you have to it, you, you have to invest. It's like it's a bit like Eve in yeah, that, but just without grind. the subscription. Yeah, you have to invest yourself in it, and but the it, progress it, is slow and meaningful. But... It seems a bit lonely. That's all. For, like, Freelancer yeah. is not lonely. You're constantly meeting people and different characters mm. and weird stuff and going through. Like, there's no, yeah, it's much more like Mass Effect, right? Which is not lonely at all, right? You're constantly interacting with people, whereas Elite Dangerous just feels a bit lonely, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And impersonal, somehow. I need to agree with that. I guess it's just because Freelancer has a story. I guess that's the thing. Yeah. Mm. Like, you spend basically your entire time playing the story. There's, like, those occasional bits where it's just like, go out and make some money, but then that's, like, five, that's, like, two missions, and you're straight back into more It's like Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead. (laughs) Right? You do side missions, and then you come back to the main story. Mm. The side missions were... Where it was procedural, yeah, like, yeah. wasn't it really? Because they weren't, yeah. they weren't that interesting. And They'd they were like, go shoot some dudes, no. and you always they... did the shoot dudes ones because the other ones were just too inconvenient. Yeah. The bombing runs and all that, and the yeah. mining, fuck all that. Yeah, just quickly go out, shoot dudes, make the money you need, and then get back into and that then story. Get, get back into mm. it. Yeah, I mean, it had that, all that cool stuff about the the sort of edge of space, the uncharted territory, the wormholes. Yeah, there was like, a lot of that was... game that you didn't actually have to see. Was no, the trick. I mean that, that. I mean that's what's brilliant, right? You, you like you want. You want secrets in a game like this. Like you want to be able to go slightly outside the bound. You want that Breath of the Wild effect, but maybe not as big as you know and as complex as Breath yeah, of the Wild. It doesn't have like to be that far, yeah. Because because you don't have the well, you've got a slight problem in space that you can't see interesting stuff half the time. But you kind of yeah. want you want something there to draw you in a off the beaten path for some reason. Yeah. I mean, and then make it wacky when you get or whatever. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's still a thing. You know, they went once the Fargoids eventually made it into Elite Dangerous, and they can pull you out of hyperspace, and all that's still a thing. Mm. Um, apparently, that's one of the coolest things in Elite Dangerous. They do like the they do the the they have a moment where like you'll be in hyperspace, and you'll you'll get pulled out of it, but it'll be the first time that it's happened to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you don't just pull out like it, your entire system, your your ship goes dead. Yeah, so, you know, you in elite, you can look around, and it's like you know, all of your systems are suddenly off, and you're like, "Oh, what the hell? What's going on?" But then it will do the thing where the giant Thargoid mothership will fly slowly from behind and come in front of you before everything lights up on it, and then, and then the situation goes bad, and it's like, "Okay, yeah, you did something. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can get behind that." Anyway. Yeah, it's true. But all of that was awesome. was never in the original game. That's the that's the, the amazing no. thing about Elite. Like, if you want to look at that, you know, send some praise in that game's direction. It's just like everything that Elite is now. It's kind of wasn't that at launch. It's one of those games. It's like all the, all of the you know the Fargoids weren't in it for for ages after it first came out, and they, but they were dropping hints in the universe every now and then, and be like, oh, there's a thing over here that's weird. And it's like. Like what does that do? And then it eventually all led to stuff. It's like they they played it well. So I've got respect for them for that. 
It's a community-driven story, I suppose. Mm. That only works once, though. Yeah, that only, and yeah, it only works if problem. and it only works if you're in it. It wouldn't work for us now. What was the other game tech? We that one, you said freelancer and something else. Oh, hostile. Oh, hostile. Oh, hostile yeah. horses. Oh, well, yeah. A game I that mean... you could argue that I stole as one of my favourite games from Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think you because basically, it. I the way I remember this happening was I Dan got the demo off a PC game disc and showed yep. me it, and then Dan went on holiday, and I went down and bought the game and played it for that whole week he was away. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds right. <laughs> That's pretty much how that went. Yeah, yeah, man. It was a good demo. I mean, a that, lot of that, demos that, in the old days were good. That game was an example of a sequel to something, well, a spiritual sequel, basically to something that made it a lot better. And like, it's it's basically Carrier Command, right? Which was yeah. impossible to fucking play. I don't know. If, I never got anywhere in Carrier Command. But I would have said that's not like that's not a thing that anyone did specifically. That was just like the natural progress of games in that age. Yeah, that's true. I guess Old so. ideas that were incredibly esoteric and impossible to play at the time was like, now we can just make this a functional game. <laughs> yeah. But it had a great a weird story as well, written by yeah. uh, like, a, what's well, his name? Narrated Warren by Ellis, Baker, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. And narrated by Tom Baker. Yeah. Um, I mean, the characters were a bit stiff, like the, the human characters. Um, <laughs> the ones obviously. that were literally computer chips. Yeah, yeah. The computer chips had more personality than the uh, yeah than the Walker actual humans. Yeah, Walker and Church. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. The just the the whole thing of like having like a, a light RTS where you can take control of the, the 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 vehicles and switch between them. Like, what? Why isn't that more of a thing? I don't know. Battle zone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's another one. Um, not personally, I prefer hostile, but no, Battlezone One was far too difficult. Yeah, I I really struggled with that game. I couldn't get past. I don't think I got past the first bloody mission. Yeah, like it was super super hard. Battlefield Two, I think uh, Battlezone Two, I think I had a slightly better time with. Um, but I didn't have the full version of that for very long, <laughs> so I didn't get very far. Yeah, what would yeah, you do? Yeah, I know, with... I know what you mean. It's tricky. Like, uh, uh, I mean, hostile, hostile is still great in concept, but the bit I would like my my negativity side with that game was just like, oh, it's all about the cheese and that, right? You get get a get a hover tank and stay out of range with the missile. Launch. Well, the, oh, right. the problem was that it had no balance. Like, yeah. the, the only viable weapon was the longbow missiles because otherwise the enemies would outrage you and you'd be fucked. <laughs> mm. And the longbow missiles weren't that fun because you were constantly waiting for them to recharge, which isn't a yeah. fun mechanic, really. Like, uh, it was fun firing off a whole volley at the start yeah. and then you were just like pressing the button <laughs> as, soon, as soon as you could. Yeah, that was kind of annoying. <laughs> I mean, it's not that fun. There was no real impetus in just charging in guns blazing it wasn't really a viable strategy i mean the only it's... time it became viable was like when you'd have secured everything to the point where you could just stick a chain gun on a tank and just run into a base and just use that to demolish it faster mm-hmm. it wasn't really, like you couldn't mm-hmm. use it as an actual functional weapon no. it was just like useful that it did the more damage crew. Yeah. yeah and you couldn't really coordinate an attack where you were playing one part of it no, you know, the AI was kind of too dumb to manage themselves. Exactly. Yeah, but that's something that could defense be. really and defense only, right? Yeah, or just have them follow you when you're going in for the cleanup. <laughs> yeah, and the helicopters were a little too weak. 
to yeah. be useful most of the time. Yes, yeah, so there was a lot of problems with its balance in general. <laughs> Rob's, Rob's hue lights are currently just randomly changing colour on us. Don't worry, it means a thing. No, I'm sure it does. Hue, hue, hue. You didn't turn on the on-air lights. <laughs> I didn't turn on the on-air lights today. No. So anyway, I guess I'm done. I'm sure I'll maybe come up with any other secondary old games to talk about, but someone else should actually do their thing. Whatever that their was good stuff. You've mostly mentioned all of the weird, obscure games that we like, that you like, and we like better well, than yeah, mainstream games, which is the thing. All, the, all those good ones. Like I said, I'm just a, yeah, a little, a little surprised we didn't go further back, but I guess we're... I don't know, too dumb and too... <laughs> like, too, too well, the thing about like, when we played... Old, old, Let's it, talk about Sonic 3. When you, like, yeah. Sure, I mean. <laughs> but when you ever, when whenever you think back to playing old game, games as, like, when you were younger, it's just like, why were we so dumb? It's not like, it's not like child... There's a specific, like, set of dumbness where it's like, you've got child dumb where it's just like, you just literally don't understand what you're doing and you're just flailing at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you have, like, the mid-age of dumb where it's just like, you somehow don't perceive how games and mechanics work. I mean, I guess that is just a learning thing. You just yeah, learn yeah, how yeah, things yeah. work over time. But, like, it's that specific age of dumb where it's like, you go back to playing those... Go back and play those games now. You're like, oh, yeah, this is just like a regular-ass video game. <laughs> Why was this ever a problem? <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think while yeah, I'm playing exactly. about. Go... What, Sorry, like, yeah, carry like 95. But I was thinking about like Command and Conquer. Like I would never have got to the end of Command and Conquer. I don't think. No, like, uh, I mean I, I did. I was 10. I yeah, got properly. St- I, in fact, I didn't get to the end of either of them. Like I got. So, so I got you get well to like the, the commando level, and you're yeah, like, God, "How yeah. do I manage this?" Mission <laughs> yeah. six. I remember the number because I was like, it was just such a pain. I had a better time with Red Alert, but I don't think I finished Red Alert. There's a tiny mission in that was pretty fucked up. Yeah. Oh, and that had timed missions, didn't it? That had a bit where you were indoors with with like... Yeah, the indoors missions were weird. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Yeah. You had dog squads only, wasn't there? Like, (laughs) fucking managing the dogs even was... Yeah, because they kill you instantly, right? If you're the spy. Yeah. Red Alert did at least have the innie file. (laughs) <laughs> just go in and make well that's just fights. it that's what we did as kids right it's just cheap because <laughs> it's no, the I'm only way make, you're too dumb to do it properly and make mammoth tanks fire invisible dogs yep <laughs> because why not was Command & Conquer actually a good... And that's what I'm wondering now I'm looking at this remaster. It definitely was a good game, right? It had great production, a great production values. Like, probably better All than most time. of the stuff today, yeah. to be honest, in some ways. I mean... This is the thing, and like it's a good RTS in the in the sense that both teams are pretty well balanced, right? And distinct, and yeah, and still distinct. It's you know, it was the yeah. I mean, what came after like. it, like it, like Starcraft, I suppose, was its main rival at that. Yeah, point I'd in say time. so. And, you know, Starcraft has definitely around. kept the is you know it's, that's that's lasted a lot longer than CNC has. That's true. Um, but it but probably less games. but it probably a lot less games, and it probably learned from CNC quite a lot. Maybe. Um, I remember thinking Generals was pretty okay. Especially yeah, Generals is a good pack. one. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Red Alert 2 was fun. Yeah. Oh, Red Alert 2 is great. I lo- yeah. It's not the expansion pack, though. Better than yeah. Tiberium Sun, anyway. Yeah. Famously disappointing. I don't. What was so bad about Tiberium Sun? It definitely wasn't that good. But like, I, know, I never played it. So I'm, I'm, I'm... I played it. It was like isometric. They changed it to be, or, or like three quarter tiles. Yeah. Like, it was a weird angle. On. Yeah, I mean, Red Alert 2 was that same angle, though. Yeah, it was. I think it was just like the mission design of Tiberium Sun was yeah. awkward. 
I mean, and, wasn't it like F and B was terrible? Made... <laughs> it was oh, right. so cheesy. Wasn't, uh, wasn't it made super annoying by the like the burrowing tanks yeah. and things like that? No, they yeah. had too many. They had too much stuff that could bypass defenses, and the defenses you have were even awkward. Like the f- fucking firestorm walls, where you could only turn them on for a certain amount of time. <laughs> oh what? Huh. Oh yeah. Yeah, because like the end of the original CNC, though, was it was like massive hype for Tiberium Sun with the with yeah. the kind of uh, mech yeah, or whatever, and it's like this is gonna be awesome. Their, they announced their own sequel in the first at game. the end of the game, which had one of the best en- endings of any game, and it had two separate endings, and they were both great, right? Like the nod ending was hilarious, where he had the like cyber warriors flying through mm. cyberspace and getting <laughs> and so then you stupid. blow up, and then you blow up whatever you want. Kid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that was fun. Uh, yeah, it, I, I, yeah. Command and Conquer was was actually good, but I wouldn't put it on my list of pre twenty ten games. What would you put on your list of pre twenty ten games? So Let's see. Well, I've just added. <laughs> well, we have to cut them down. So, so they're, they're, a lot of them are obvious ones. That's the thing. So that aren't worth talking about. So yes, just, what, just name them and we'll move I'll, through. I'll just name ones that are too obvious to talk about. So they are Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, yep, Half-Life, yep, classic. Halo. Classic. Um, we could talk about Halo. I mean, I was no, contemplating talking about too Halo obvious. 2. Just too because obvious. Of, I yeah, I don't know what I'd say, though. Cause, cause <laughs> good, that's, good job. That, that's, why I, that's why I said I was thinking about it. But I was, just because, like, I mean, it didn't have an hour count on it, but I'm pretty sure it was the first game to beat out Final Fantasy VIII in terms of how much time I spent with mm. the game. Yeah, but you had circumstances which also enhanced that. Yeah, exactly. It came out when land parties could be arranged easily. <laughs> and I had lots of crews that would were up for land parties. And like Taylor. <laughs> and like Taylor, yeah. So I'm trying to think what's descending order of obviousness. Like, um, well, let's see. Batman Arkham Asylum is within is 20, 2009. <laughs> so it sneaks in there. I don't know if that's worth talking about. I think about. we played it a little late anyway, so we might have actually covered it on earlier. Yeah, podcast. I might have covered it. Okay, I'll cross that one off. <laughs> um, I mean, it is brilliant, though. Yeah. It's my favourite of the Batman. I mean, Deus Ex is obvious, but I think that might be my favourite, actually. Although, no, that's too much, isn't it? My, I don't know. It's, it's a game I like to talk about, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so talk about Deus Ex, because it's like, I don't know, I as I, as I mentioned in my EGX coverage this year. I kind of think Cyberpunk is Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk is going to bring some of that back. I really hope so. I really hope so. <laughs> but then you I, remember like, what happened with the Deus Ex sequels. Yeah, yeah. the Deus Ex sequels. Like, Human Revolution, I think, is, an, is a good game. Not even just an okay game. I think it's good. But as a sequel to Deus Ex, like, obviously, Invisible War was a dud or whatever. I didn't, yeah. didn't even try because I knew it would be bad. And, and, um, um, it's but human weird. revolution, it's like, it's, I think I, I, we've covered this because I've said this at the time. This is talking about human revolution rather than Deus Ex, but like it, it has one theme and it just sticks to it. And that's really annoying because Deus Ex had so many themes and they all worked together somehow. That's why I think is amazing about it is it took, it's just a grab bag of every single conspiracy theory ever from like the Illuminati to Majestic 12 to like Roswell aliens. Well, obviously that's Majestic 12, but like everything they just pulled together into one world and made all the conspiracies work together and like and every made, different and made them all kind of real was the yeah thing. Like, oh, they're not conspiracies this is they actually all happened 
Yeah, exactly. And it's like there's a connection. It's like Majestic 12 are a, in Deus Ex, they're a, they're a splinter of the Illuminati and they, you know, you know, the, the, and the, and the gray aliens are actually genetically engineered weapons or whatever that they had in their lab and area. And it all, it all connects together or whatever in like a weird way. And the, and the, um, the plague, you know, that's genetically, oh no, not, not genetically. Well, it's nanomachines, isn't it? Nanotechnology. Yeah. <laughs> nanomachine sun. Um, yep. Yeah, but yeah, it just had so many different themes and things going on. Whereas, like Human Revolution, it was just post-human, you know, augmentation, and that was it. Whereas that was just one thing in Deus Ex. Um, it just had so much stuff and such a like a rich world with all of these. Even though it looks terrible, even at the time, it looked bad. Like, like the the running around like sound effects and animations are just appalling. Um, I had but, really, uh, I remember like, do you remember the sort of odd dither pattern? Yeah, had? yeah, yeah. That whole thing. Because it was like, on. it was Unreal Engine pretty relatively early Unreal, I think, but used for like quite large environments, right? Because Unreal yeah, was it like... Was, it was soon after UT, I think. Yeah, it was roughly around there. And it's very, like the color palette is very drab, right? It's like, it's not brown or gray. It's just like... I don't know. There's something. It really it's suits it, though. Yeah, it's kind of even that dither pattern makes it look like a kind of I don't know. Noir-y, it almost gives it like like the, rainy, the matrix green. Rainy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that that like color too, grading. Uh, its look is too far off the kind of like I don't know. It has that old game look that like mm. I think System Shock had. Like so yeah. old old look, old game sci-fi kind of has this this feel. And even like the music is like cheesy, but actually like really good <laughs> in a weird way. Like um, you know, after a while, you, it just sets a tiny kind of tone and atmosphere. Um, but in keeping with the you know cheesy music, in keeping with the bad graphics, kind of <laughs> mm. not really selling it here. But and bad voice acting. And bad, bad voice acting, acting. Yeah. And the most cliche conspiracy theories known to man. Yeah, all combined into something is bigger than the sum of its parts. It, yeah, yeah, because it's such a cheese fest in a way that somehow the cheese evolves <laughs> it all yeah it all kind of works together and there is some interesting stuff in there and some good there is actually some good dialogue in there like not well acted necessarily um yeah. but like all those ideas like filtering around and like just random side characters like you just go into that clint clinic in in new york and there's that guy talking about you know, you've just been fighting the the NSF or whatever. This is really early on, but then there's a guy talking about his like experiences fighting in you know some state. You know, there's all these backstories and stuff going on um, everywhere. It's not just like pretty ceilings, which is what was in Human Revolution. Right. Yeah, I remember that now. Sorry, that took a little while for my. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were cool, but um, that's not how you make cyberpunk or whatever. It, it it had a, like a grounding in, you know, it didn't look that different to the current world, to be honest, in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, it's set more to be run down. <laughs> yeah, by, but only by a generation, right? It's... Yeah, and like the whole concept of like specking yourself in different directions for doing different things has been done in RPGs to death for for ages. But there just seemed to be some kind of promise of agency in Deus Ex that's, that's missing from. And don't forget inventory Tetris. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, best mm, ever. I don't know about that. <laughs> that wasn't even I mean, bad. I mean, it was okay. 
sort of makes sense, I guess, as opposed to you just having a weight limit. I mean, it was hilarious how you ended up with like a laser dragon sword thing that you would use to open boxes. <laughs> it was... your, your only melee weapon. But that whole fu- that was a fun little bit with Maggie Chow or whatever her name was. Um, uh, you know, in in Hong Kong, like it was really globe trotting, wasn't it? It's a long game, right? Like you go all over the place, like Vandenberg Air Force Base, and but conveniently everywhere it's always night. Time yeah, night. and it's always <laughs> night, of course, and you always have to wear sunglasses, like which so works really well. <laughs> Um, I don't know and I like going back to your home base or whatever I always like that in games but then they flip it over and make it like it's actually the evil base after all and stuff like that um, you know conspiracies I don't know it, that's a, it's all cliches all, all wrapped together but I just yeah it just worked really well I don't think they've done that quite as well since maybe cyberpunk will do it I'm, I'm sort of hopeful yeah, I think it could. Well, I mean, that game has the potential to be like a there is no one you trust kind of thing. It's like the whole thing is going to be messy in every direction. It blew my mind when I realized you could actually save your brother in Deus Ex. doesn't really yeah. do much, but it's kind of cool. And, and annoyingly difficult, though. Yeah, it's quite difficult. But I mean, but you can always cheese it. That was the thing about Deus Ex, isn't it? There's, there's usually a way to... Uh... Because the AI was so dumb, you could probably figure out a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> to set up a lot of lambs. Like, it had a lot of cool tools. Like, even but though there was no physics. Yeah. It's it's impressive how much you could do, given there was no physics, right, in the game. Um, or in terms of, like, setting up traps and things and doing stuff. As apart from, it was cool apart from when it eventually screws you if you get too fancy. Yeah. Like, that time when I that time when i like super early i specced for like extra heavy lifting so i could move the giant crates around oh yeah oh yeah and then but then i i got like the extra tier of that that lets you move the super big ones and then when you go to battery park and that's the 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 hexagonal fortress thing yeah i used the huge crates out there to build a like a staircase to get on top of it and shoot the guys inside because i thought that's a great yeah method but then the game doesn't really recognize that. It doesn't really let break you do all that. The scripting. Oh, uh, no. you, you, found, you found a sequence break. Well, it's not really a sequence break. It's like the game just doesn't realize that you've done it. and like Because it doesn't detect that you're in the zone because you're like on top of the building and you're not really meant to even be up there. And hmm. It's like weird. But yeah, it's like you can do cool things, but sometimes you can push it slightly too far. <laughs> I really remember like all the characters. Like... You know, like Anna Navarra and Gunter Herman and uh, Mandalay, isn't it? And uh, Alex Jacobson and Tracer Tong. Like, there's not many games where I can, you know, I guess like <laughs> Mass Effect I can. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I there's think, X. I think, I think I just always sucked at that game. There was something. I, I don't remember. Maybe it's just one of those things, like stupid dumb kid, and I was a quake player, you know. Mm. But it's like there was just well, you were too much about shooting. It's like the modern Deus Ex. Too much about trying to go for gunplay and not so much about self. Well, yeah, because like the gunplay didn't really work. No, exactly. No, That's why you didn't really you couldn't work. do it. But you had to be. You had to play stealthy, really. And I went. I think I tried and just wasn't good at it. Like things would always go bad. Yeah. 
Uh, but then you could just then, run away and wait then, for the music to stop. <laughs> yeah, and I think I did that a lot, and that was that was. And I <laughs> ended fun. up getting a bit yeah. bored of it. Yeah, and, uh, fair enough. Okay, or just quick loads. <laughs> just quick loads. I yeah, mean, I'll cry doing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's long, and the, the levels aren't like tightly designed or anything. They're more like real spaces, I guess, than like you know the carefully constructed half-life levels where they're funneling you through without you realizing that it's not a real place in deus ex it's more like well it's a warehouse (laughs) (laughs) i hope you find the exit (laughs) yeah uh yeah it depends on the game but that's sort of okay on its own though isn't it right yeah yeah it's just different it's just different um but it gives it a sense of it being a real place or whatever, like, because, yeah. But it can be frustrating if you don't know where you're going. All right. Yeah, okay. That's Deus Ex. What else have I got on here? Well, Grim Fandango. Come on, guys. <laughs> Not enough people played that. Well, now, that, now you've got the uh, the remake remaster. on. Remaster. Mm. Which fixes the fact that... on the cast, because this was me, my first playthrough of it, wasn't it? When the um, My first proper playthrough of it when the remaster came out. Ah, so should we say we have that covered? I mean, what do you think of Garin Fandango? That's easily one of my favourite games, yeah. I think I ended up preferring it, like, by the end of it, I preferred its style over what it, how it actually played. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, I think it's... And, I mean, like, some of the... Uh, I think I was a bit disappointed with how the actual puzzles played out. Like, there's there's... The super complex was it year two? Uh, like year two is the main bit, yeah. Yeah, Rupert, where, yeah. Where, where that where it felt like a lot of the game came together for me. Yeah, and then but then when it's actually funneling you through sections, it's like the puzzles are actually really quite simple. And that's and then true. you've got that annoying one in the woods. And that's uh, oh, which the one? The one with... like that, that was oh yeah, that was the... because the sign was wasn't annoying. working properly. Um, yeah, fair enough. I mean, there's definitely some dodgy puzzles in it, like, hmm. um, but. Um, there's some clever ones too. It's definitely, I mean, it's all about that year too. I mean, it's great, like rushes towards the end, the story and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's like, but that that's the heart of the game for sure is the Casablanca area. I mean, it's the, the big area, right? Yeah. And it took me a little while to learn all the routes there and things like that as well. Mm. And, uh, um, you know, <laughs> optimize my paths through it because there's an awful lot of just walking from place to place in that. Yeah. There's a couple of yeah. shortcuts in Ruby Cover, but you do have to like run across bridges yeah. with airships and things, yeah. And there's a couple of couple of things where you know you know there's a thing. It, it does that thing that puzzle games. Uh, maybe that's what the first puzzle game to do this in a way that resonated with me actually. Like in that, you know, you could often tell when there was a thing to do. Um, it's like oh, there's a, there's a, there's something here. I'm supposed I I realize because I can interact with it. I really I know I'm I must at some point. Um, but and the game is showing me that through you know there's some sort of action or some sort of custom dialogue for a thing. But it's like oh, but then I can't actually do that yet. So okay, maybe I or maybe or maybe I'm not doing it right. It's like it, it had some ways of pointing you in the right direction where i don't know like you look back at that some of the previous lucas arts games like sam and max it i don't know if it really had hints for where you should what you should do next in that game all that enough like the combinations are just so out there 
that like the, there were there were no clues as to be like this needs to combine with this. That was almost my sound voice there. <laughs> Hope no one was on that bus. <laughs> no one we know at least. <laughs> yeah. I just love the style and the characters. Yeah, no, the, the, the style's incredible. Yeah. And yeah, Manny's an excellent character. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't know of any. I mean, there was that um, Pixar movie Coco that tried that did some had some similar ideas, but I don't know of anything that does that. What an amazing combination! Film noir and Mexican folklore, and you know, and uh, yeah, all of that together just works perfectly. And that, yeah, and that sort of fifties tech vibe. Yeah, yeah, because, oh, actually, I said this recently, but I, I watched Brazil the other day, and I hadn't realized how much um, that influenced Grim Fandango. Right, like, yeah. The computers are basically straight out of Brazil. Brazil's a weird film. I'd, I'd like, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen it, but I'd, I don't, and I wouldn't say I'd get on with it. No, but it's, uh, it's strange. Terry Gilliam. See, yeah, yeah. You can see how some of the ideas uh, hmm. influenced people. Yeah. Okay. That's grim. Uh, what else have I got? Um, Jet Set Radio we, Future. I mean, you've yeah. talked that. You've you've covered that recently. Yeah, that's on my list, mostly for style, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the, the game, the gameplay is a bit is a bit shonky. It's a bit yeah. funky now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, speak of, we'll but we'll go back and play the original at some point because it is a different beast. Yeah. Um, if you want good gameplay, I've got uh, Burnout Three Takedown on here. Yep, pretty, pretty damn good. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's the zenith of the burnout formula. I would say so, and probably of the arcade r- racer that in my mind, for me, oh, probably. Yeah, depends if we're counting future racers in this category. Yeah, I mean, burnout three versus like, what's your favorite wipe wipeout or F zero? Well, you do talk F- about F zero GX, GX. But, okay. but by a long way. Yeah, I w- I pref- I personally prefer. Burnout three, uh, that's contentious. <laughs> I don't think those are that similar, though. Really, I mean they're not, no. but they're in they're in that sort of arcadey category. The, the like the sort of racing game that doesn't really exist all that much. No, outside of yeah. Crash, Team Racing, and Team Sonic Racing, I suppose. Dangerous yeah, driving. Sure those, are that those are the Mario Kart those, I mean, those are kart racers, but they're yeah, they're sort of arcade. They're about as good as we get in terms of arcade racers these days, right? You get the kart racing side, right? Yeah. I mean, we've got grip, I suppose. There, but there's no like Mario Kart 8 for burnout type games, right? Like the perfect. I mean, they keep trying to make Need for Speeds and Burnouts, but they're all ba- they're all been bad since. Yeah, and we, could, we, and we could return to the conversation about Blur. Yeah, that, holy that cow was blur. probably the closest. Yeah, which we've talked, we've brought up that several times as well. But it's holy cow, Blur. I'd be happy <laughs> okay. with. I forget. See, I'd be happy with just a remake of Burnout Three, not remake, but you. Know, I guess remake, yeah, remaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. A, a lot of people really like um, Paradise, Paradise but we definitely don't. Not no, I, I don't. I've, I've tried it multiple times trying to get into Paradise, and it's just not as good as Burnout 3. See. Yeah, I don't get it. In the um, same way, I don't see what they see when they gave DMC5 best action game of the year. <laughs> I think it's like, in some ways, I could understand like the car exploration. But in some ways, it's just like I don't want the 
drive around slowly. No, that's not. <laughs> like that, burnout, that's great fast. in Grand Theft Auto, but not for burnout, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and just doesn't make sense for me. And like a grid city, like, and I don't know. It's like, it, burnout three had much more variety because it had variety of locales or whatever because it had different mm. stages, right? And they were like mirrored, and you know they moved into each other and stuff. They, it felt like there was a lot of track in Burnout Three. Because some of the stages were really quite long. Yeah, time. yeah. Because you were going pretty damn fast and for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, just obviously the trap that was introducing the traffic, um, the, the the takedown mechanic, which was just perfect mm. in in Burnout but Three. Before traffic checking, though. Yeah, but before see, traffic I, checking, I enjoyed Burnout Revenge. I know you guys didn't it's latch onto it quite so much. Not as but, good, though, but... is it? I mean, I'm not saying it's not enjoyable, but yeah, I just I mean, you, you might be right. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm honestly not sure where I sit in terms of which one's better than the other. They're so, you know incredibly similar games, really. But it's uh, and the traffic checking really didn't bother me. Like, a, a, and I think it had the slight edge with me at the time because hey, I played the PS2 version of Burnout Three, which was <laughs> and then when you which got was that... definitely not as yeah. crisp and yeah. as nice looking. Right. It played fine. But it wasn't quite as well put together as the Xbox version, um, and the uh, uh, and you know we're jumping up to the Revenge was on HD version of yeah. Revenge, yeah, on, on 360 was was really quite nice, even if it did suffer from a little bit of next gen filter. It definitely did, but... yeah. It was very colourful, the Burnout Three and like the cars mm. and stuff, uh, and well, even the crash like... mode is like was really fun, like. I got a lot out of doing the crash mode. It wasn't just like an extra thing that I, you had to do to get the, the 100%. It was like, this is actually kind of fun. It so actually I was, was puzzles. That was yeah. the well, thing. It, only kind of, though, because it had the problem where, like, because they put those multipliers in. Oh, sure, it was a puzzle. Yeah. It was like, there was, was one like, specific way to solve it. Yeah, <laughs> there was like, oh, you have to go this way. Um, which may take you, and it had the problem where you couldn't really preview the area, so no, it's like so you, had you know, drive in there a couple of times, yeah, and see how things panned out. I think my, my only well, problem with that, like Revenge, did even crazier ones than like went way beyond that Why? because it had some levels that were like on multiple levels, so you'd have to crash off an overpass and then land on a bit of track that's below you where there's more traffic and stuff like that. I want to say Revenge did a way more creative variant of it. Yeah, I feel like Free might have had a couple like that, but not as much. Mm. I don't mm. really remember the overpass jumping off crashes yeah, yeah, that yeah. you had to do. Yeah. The, okay, there was definitely was some like difficulty spike. Like that what would happen was you'd be going along fine and then suddenly there'd be some kind of hot lap where you could uh, earn a, like, a really car. fast car. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it was like fucking impossible suddenly. And um, so that was a little bit spiky in terms of difficulty. Yeah, um, and sometimes they held you back because you needed that was the one event you had left, right? Kind of thing. Yeah, it wasn't too bad at that, and it normally gave you an option of a few races to do at once. But I think Usually. every now and then you got a gate, and it's like, ah, yeah. I've actually got to do this one. But still, yeah, really stylish. Well, I mean, good production values I mean, on that. And yeah, this is what I mean. I want to say, like, I felt this uh, Burnout Three to me felt like. Uh, a landmark moment for the industry as a whole, in the terms of the, like the, the the raw presentation factor. Yeah, looking like, good. It just it, it hit a new level at that mm. point. Like not just the, the the you know how the world looked and things like that, but the 
the just pop-ups the of the stars. On-screen graphics like, and everything. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, how will that work? Yeah, I'm even going to put a note out there and be like that. Yeah, EA tracks pop up. Then this, yeah. this is included. It's like there is UI in this game yeah. that is that is yeah. kick ass. Like seriously all the time, great. Incredibly well designed. Yeah. But then of course EA did what EA did do and just put that in every game they made. Yeah, then yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Tiger Woods and everything. Just EA tracks into Tiger Woods and the same mm. graphical pop-ups and all the UI, basically the same main menu. Y'all gonna make me lose <laughs> up in here. Okay. I'm playing golf, playing golf. And my final game of the ten is Knights of the Old Republic. Um oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really doing something great with Star Wars at a time when nothing was good with Star Wars. And even now, like... And before I think, the second time, nothing was good with Star Wars. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like, even now, like, I'm mean, really enjoying The Mandalorian, like, but it's, it's, it's not, you know, themes aren't as... don't get as interesting and dark as in KOTOR or, or its sequel. Like, but I... I, I the, the original Knights of the Republic, the Bioware one, is, like... um. It's just more well-rounded and classic than two. Like two, like it goes into some weird areas, which is kind of more fun in a lot of ways. But I think Kotor was like what was needed um, for Star Wars, and um, I really like the the way it went into depth on a lot of the lore and stuff in cool ways. Like going to Kashyyyk and all the stuff with the Wookies was really cool, and and uh, and and the the overarching plot line with the that it has a twist worthy of Luke, I am your father, which is really, really good. Did you ever play that? Do you know the twist? I think I only played like a very small portion of the beginning, probably on your Xbox. Right. Yeah. Because the gameplay itself, it was like, um, it was the Bioware. So it was like halfway between like Neverwinter Nights and Mass Effect. <laughs> Right, so it was basically D and D mechanics, but they made it look kind of real time. Um, select all those, select rapid fire blaster over and over, over and over again. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So the the fights weren't that. I mean, it was about you know item management and stuff. So it wasn't like the best in terms of the RPG combat. Although it was D and D, like it was all dice rolls and stuff. Um, so in theory, that was a good basis. But it, you know, you might they might as well have moved to like a Mass Effect thing quicker if they could. But they were just evolving what they were doing, and that's hard to do with lightsabers. <laughs> um, yeah, but the whole thing of like you go and you know, because it's a long game, you get to like train and become a Jedi and make your lightsaber and all of that stuff. And yeah, at one point you're on the Jedi Dantooine in the academy, and you go out just into the fields and farms and start solving random mysteries. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, stuck there for carrying on an RPG trope for years. Yeah, time. exactly. <laughs> it's, it's basically it's standard stuff, but like, it, it, <laughs> like it, just it, randomly talking to, overhearing a conversation on the Citadel, and being like, yeah. like, being like, I can fix you're a Jedi so because I'm like, Commander Shepard. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes more sense if you're a Jedi than if you're some military commander dude, I, I would say. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have all the empathies. I am Shepard. Yeah. Sure. It was cool. And I like the way it's like a set like a thousand years before Star Wars, so it can have all the same tropes, but completely de- detach itself from the Star Wars story, so you'd have to worry, mm. which works really well. And they uh, went back to the old Republic for the MMO. I suppose when none of us. Yeah, I mean the old Republic. Like, I did think they, did they cover the same sort of? You know, was was 
I think it's set after. As Kotal, I think it's set. I think they're all set after because Revan is an important character in the canon in that time period. Um, um, so I presume they're set after Kotal Two, like the Old Republic. Um, in that not, canon, yeah. <laughs> in that, well, maybe that's no longer canon. Any of that, presumably, mm. uh, but. Um, but that that was the advantage. It was a thousand years before, so it didn't really matter if it's canon or not because it doesn't affect like Darth Vader or anything like that, particularly. Yeah. Um, but the way that the the Star Wars universe works is technology doesn't change very fast, so you know all the spaceships and everything are still viable. Mm. Um, and you know, and but even you can longer time ago. <laughs> but you, yeah, exactly. About the same distance away. <laughs> The exact same distance. Of space time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except for the fact that yeah, space time itself is expanding. Um, yeah, uh, and going back to Tatooine, and they're, they're, they're my, at that point in the history, they're actually mining, you know, with the sand crawler type things, the Zerka Corporation, all of that stuff. I don't know. It's cool. I'm, I'm, as a Star Wars fan, it's probably my favorite Star Wars game, even though there are good ones like X Wing or Tie Fighter, I suppose. Or everyone's new favourite Star Wars game. Yeah, apparently. Fallen Order. No, not that one. <laughs> no. no <laughs> just, denied. Just straight up no. Denied. Uh, yeah, so that was that's my list of ten. And then for some reason, while you were talking, I wrote down Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. <laughs> it was probably the best of that age of Splinter Cell. Yeah. I played it on PC and it was like mysteriously better than the other ones. And like... Was that the third one in the series? Yeah, the third one. But they suddenly they had a completely new graphics engine and stuff. And it had new mechanics like um but that I think that's the one with like Hutanda Delight. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, it's like obviously I, I didn't play that much Metal Gear before. Now now I I mean I no, I guess Solid Five is the best elf game, I would say, indefinitely. But Spider Cell Chaos Theory was like pretty good and i liked the whole kind of weird tom clancy-esque nsa conspiracy theory stuff um is it the third one yeah pandora tomorrow was the second one right i played all i played all of them i think i played the original one on xbox because that was amazing looking at the time it had like cloth physics and uh and the importance of light right yeah the light stuff. That's the thing. Like the light stuff is not really in Metal Gear, and that works really well in 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 Spin Cell. Um, although it doesn't make any sense that you have bright green things on your face and, <laughs> yeah. and on your back for some reason. And, you know, um, you spend hundreds of rounds of ammo shooting lights. <laughs> yeah, it was mostly for shooting lights, but you do get like an electronic <laughs> like disruptor pistol at one point in in Chaos Theory, so you can actually t- turn off lights without shooting them. There's all kinds of cool gadgets and stuff in in that one as well. I seem to remember, like right, you know, non lethal stuff like rubber bullets. Because obviously, you do the whole game non lethal if you can, um, yeah. uh, but then you end up with like, uh, you know, uh, electro shock, uh, you know, laser tag things that you shoot at people and and uh, and, then and zaps them or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and then and then piling up bodies in a. In a cupboard <laughs> in the CIA. I mean, I think that one has infiltrating the CIA. Oh, maybe that's the first game. Uh, but it's definitely got some good uh, good sequences. Another globe trotting 
adventure type thing. I think you end up in Korea while it's being attacked by North Korea <laughs> in, in, in chaos theory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really like that one. Bonzo. Random list of stuff. Rob, do you want to list some stuff? Yeah, I mean, this is probably going to go badly because I haven't really... Because <laughs> Rob hasn't okay. read enough. No. Um, uh, but a couple of things that sort of like... Uh, memories that were triggered, I suppose, from what you guys have been saying. Like, um, uh, I remember we played quite a ridiculous amount of Unreal Tournament 2004. Yeah, I was thinking about 2003, but 2004 probably no, was the one we Yeah, 2004 was the one, right? Because I remember being... Like, like, I got quite into UT, but I always knew that Quake 3 was better, right? Out of those two back in the day. Like, UT. Well, just, original UT. Yeah. Original UT just had more, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was a hell of a lot of content and a hell of a lot of weirdness you could do. And I was kind into my Insta gig. <laughs> like, that was a fun mode to just, I don't know. I think back then I was a bit of a. A, a bit of an idiot. I didn't need nuance in my games. I just needed a lot of gibs. Like <laughs> ludicrous gibs, in fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could, the fact that you could like mutate all those to be ridiculous, and it's uh, and I just didn't mind going around shooting semi-dumb bots. Yep. You know, I didn't, Sims of the UT world. And yeah, and I'd be playing it for like score rather than like, oh, how well, many that, kills can I get in the same time period? I mean, we did that than, in Quake Two as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the when we developed the routes, where it's just like oh, you yeah, just yeah, loop yeah. this route over and over, and you just get this all the best the guns and the best ammo, and you just kill any bot that comes to you. And this is where the bots will be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, D doing that in the time period, see if we can best each other. What, what were those bots even called? Do you remember the Quake 2 bots? Because like, you had to mod them yeah. in, didn't you? Um, yeah, there was some, some name for the pack, the specific pack we used because we liked how they played. I just remember getting over 100 kills on Tokay Stats. Yep. <laughs> like, that was the gold standard. That was the goal, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, get, like, just, get, just getting your. Getting your route right so you can get hold of the BFG and then sit in the box. Just sit there for a while. Wait, wait, and use all the ammo up and wait, then go back to the route. Yeah. <laughs> and go do some loops. Get that super shotgun. Oh man, super shotgun Quake 2. Still probably the best sounding. Like, for shotguns for impact. Mm -hmm. That was the one, right? Because it's just so so loud. I quite like the, the, the Half-Life 1 when, you know, when, when you don't have the weird option switched on for high res oh the new guns. the new yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the original the original pal the original that literally one. sounded yeah. like someone saying pal like <laughs> pal it's uh, i mean it's, it's a weird sounding gun but it's it's kind of all right it's no super shotgun though it's <laughs> it's, it's up there but it's no super shotgun no true but i remember when 2004 obviously had assault Yes. So yeah, going back to the point, yeah, there was a story unfolding here. So like, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So I kind of like my games to be dumb, and then, but and then we learned. <laughs> but we like, but I liked UT because of its sheer con. It had a load of content. Then UT two thousand and three happened, and me and my brother immediately jumped on this bandwagon, and it played well and looked great, but it had a content issue. Like mm. you, 2003 didn't really have a whole lot of stuff in it. Like it pretty much only did the deathmatch stuff. Um, whereas UT had the crazy assault mode and it, you know it had the one on the train. That was what everyone remembered from like the original UT. It had the train and it had that CTF map in space. Mm. Like it had had moments like that. Whereas 
kind of didn't. It was it was a weird weird letdown, um, which is all the more surprising then that only one year later they put out 2004 that fixed all of this. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and had had a ridiculous amount of content. Like by today's multiplayer standards, it's like you wouldn't put out a game that size anymore. Well, I don't like, know. You could do. I mean, if you think how many... It had all the content from 2003. Well, I mean, that doesn't count, though. No, but it had all the standard (laughs) deathmatch stuff, which was... All right. It added to the standard deathmatch stuff with a whole load more maps as well. Yeah. Um, It it then added a whole load more mode maps as well. So you you gained all the... um, Like, some more CTF levels and things like that. Um, But then it added Assault, which is... uh, you know, which was the trainee sort of objective style attack and defend levels and thing, but then ran so wild with them. Like, I don't know. The, the first one I remember playing was that one that was in that sort of canyon. And it starts off being a bit of an on foot battle, but then it turns into you've got to tri- get that the sort of jeep, the giant jeep thing through the level. To, but it got to crazy points as well. Where you had to be defending the giant magnetic crane while it lifted o- it over a part of the level. And the enemy had to try and disrupt the cranes so the, 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 the so the car didn't make it to the location. And it was just a, uh, uh, and I thought that was pretty mad. And then you get to the one where it starts in space, which was like, okay. It was cool, was, but the space kind of shooting shoot oh, yeah. like. The, 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 yeah, the combat itself was, was garbage. But the fact that they just did that and just say, yeah, why not? We'll have a space shooter in here <laughs> for a bit. It was like like anything goes was was kind of the the rule here, like and it, and it for the most part worked pretty well. Uh, I don't know, you you got those like uh, these sort of weird pre wraith I suppose, vehicles. Well, it's when they tried like, to do they sort of did their battlefield mode where you had like the nodes that you had to capture, and then they had a huge map and you had vehicles. It's yeah, like yeah, it was battlefield essentially. Uh, and 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 even that kind of worked pretty pretty okay. Um, it had the um, what was it? No, it wasn't Wraith. I was thinking of Ghosts. Yeah, and and actually maybe the the Halo Ghosts might have come out first. Anyway, they had cars like that, um, but it had a variety of vehicles, and then every now and then you could sp- spawn the Uber vehicle and wreak havoc upon the entire level, and it was, it was a hell of a lot of fun. We played a lot of it. Shout out to UT two thousand four. And you know, server yeah. browser. <laughs> good, uh, yeah, good old yeah. days. A proper server browser. Um, and then they dropped the ball on UT3 completely. Because yeah. it sort of had the. <laughs> it sort of had the problem that UT2003 did, except they then didn't do a UT, UT, UT3 in a bit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that community project for the most recent UT didn't really go anywhere. Nope. Because Fortnite happened primarily. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, big, big shout out to that. That was a huge, huge portion of my game time for for a spell. Um, uh, the one thing I'd sort of planned to talk about because I was playing a bit of it today was a uh, Soul Calibur Two. I'm not really, I'm not generally into my, or I wasn't back then into my <laughs> no. fighting games really. Just um, Smash Brothers. Just Smash, yeah. But 
Soul Calibur 2 changed all that. I don't I don't know I don't I'm trying I've been trying to remember why I actually ended up buying that, right? Mm. Cuz it's not like I tried it, I don't think anywhere before. Yeah, it wouldn't have been think, like a demo or whatever. I think I'd played a bit of the Dreamcast Soul Calibur, right? So I played a bit of the original, but I don't remember playing it a whole lot. So like why I ended up picking up Soul Calibur 2 is a mystery to me. But boy am I glad I did cuz it's still like I haven't got around to playing Soul Calibur Six yet, but it's one of my favorite fighting games of all time. Like it's it, like it, it's seriously good. Uh, like even going back to it today, it's just like, oh yeah, this holds up. It still plays really well. It's sort of simplistic by modern standards. Like it's a three D fighter without a special gauge or any kind of crazy. Like oh, I'm being worn down. It doesn't have a dizziness mechanic or anything like that. It's like it's 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 missing. Stuff that I suppose you might expect in modern games. It's not all that combo rich either, um, but it's it's just a lot of fun to play. And it's a lot of fun to try and land moves at the right time and outthink your opponent. It's one of those games where I feel like I can outthink what the AI is going to do, or uh, you know what certain players do if they rely on a certain move. There's a way. Out, there's a way out. And things like that. And it's like the move set is divert. The base mechanics of how it functions from the horizontal vertical and kick combos with the eight-way run stuff in there and how they interact with each other it's an in, it's an intuitive game like i don't know some fighting games i just like, like street fighter for instance i just find them that they have such a high barrier of execute a high requirement of execution to do well in them yeah that I don't think Soul Calibur has ever had. You can still you can still feel like a badass even when you know you're playing terribly, yeah. like in the grand scheme. That's evidenced by the fact that I even played yeah. quite a lot of Soul I Calibur mean, 2 at your house. I mean, we had a great time. It's like even <laughs> like like. I mean, I mean, it was mildly frustrating that I never got better at it. Right? It was one of those games that I played a lot of, but I never really felt like I was good at it. Um, so that's mildly irritating. But it meant that we had a great time when we did just like. And loads and loads of random on random 101s, right? Yep. And like, and it was still great. We could still have an excellent time. And, it, <laughs> and I think it was helped a great deal by the stupid pre-match chant thing. I don't think it was helped a great deal by oh, it, but that, it was pretty funny. I had totally forgotten about it until I fired it up, but it is hilarious. Like, like you just like before a fight begins, there's a brief moment where you can press one of the buttons and your character will just shout something, <laughs> and like that, you could create some pretty decent combos. And of course, the GameCube version had Link in it. Yeah, who was excellent. Of course. And it was just a, it was just a really good realization of what of what Link could be in a fighting game as well. <laughs> was it? I mean, yeah, it was really. His move set was pretty great. It felt, uh, you know, true to the character, and despite them having to add quite a lot to it to make him fighting game rich, right? But mm. you could get the bow out still. You could get the boomerang out. You could get bombs out. It was crazy time. And he sounded like Link. <laughs> That's not difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Skank. It was, it was like, Skank. Yeah. It was like it was the most high res version of Link we'd seen in a game as well at yes. the time. Um, it was the most detailed one because Smash hadn't come out yet. I suppose that model might have been better. But, I don't um, know if the Smash model would have been better because it was like so much scaled down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Smash, the, like the graphics in Melee were quite impressive at the time. It's like, oh, holy crap, Mario, where's denim? 
<laughs> but it's like, and also Melee had the had the same thing that we said about Smash Adam. It's like it's a lot of graphics. It's not just yeah, like yeah, yeah. great graphics. It's also the most like, a lot of graphics. graphics. <laughs> uh, yeah, but on top of, on top of all of that, just on the, the basics, it's like it had one of the most uh, engaging single player chunks of content that most yeah that i think almost every fighting game since has just failed upon like it's it's edge master mode which is effectively like a little i say little it was pretty big it's like a, it was a story mode effectively you move from place to place along a map but each of the locations would have a have like a little story behind it and a little bit of a um an introduction to the character you were fighting and why but probably some also some some modifier to the fight as well. It's like, oh hey, you're poisoned during this fight. Oh hey, you're the, the ground is quicksand. Like the positioning is good. The height positioning of your moves is probably going to be messed up for this round. Um, uh, yeah, everyone dies in one hit rounds. You know that kind of stuff. And it was um, it was good. It was really cool. Um, it would it was a way of keeping you going by just throwing you into. Uh, into curated scenarios that were that were fun to play and uh you know a way of testing you and i think that some of the mortal Kombat games might have been doing some of this with the like the towers mode i think mk9 might have done that the best well yeah um that's, that's when it came back at last yeah when fighting games decided to have anything other than arcade mode yeah exactly <laughs> well i mean mk9 had its killer you know started off this trend of having a killer storyline as yeah. well um which you might argue that Netherrealm are still the kings of, um, even now. Even though, as always, they are, they're just ever digging a bigger hole to try and make an excuse to get out of. Oh yeah, <laughs> the classic, it's, it's always classic fighting game story problem. Well, yeah, to the point where, like, in Mortal Kombat, at least they just go, "Well, hey, it's all time travel. We can just do it again." Yeah, <laughs> and they do, and and then use the same storyline for the Injustice series. That's, that's pretty much what they do, right? Yeah. Like they, they, they use the same thing over and over again, but somehow it works. Um, yeah, because they did um, um, the more the most recent Soul Calibur I've played was five, which I, which I think plays really well, and I think like the guest character for that Altair was a really really good character as well. Like they they do pretty decent with their guest characters, excluding the Star Wars stuff. <laughs> Soul Calibur four, you kind of sucked. Um, but that had a, a that had a very scripted sto- like story mode. It's like you where you were following following specific characters through and doing specific things, which could have been all right. I mean, other games have done have done it okay, but it just wasn't. It just wasn't written well. It wasn't interesting at all. Like, although I will say, like in terms of not being written well, there was one. Like the arcade mode in um, Soul Calibur 2, like uh, towards the end, you have like the the last two fights are like scripted fights, right? So it's like the last. Uh, I think the the one before the last the last one is always Inferno, but the one before that is like a defined character, and you have a little exchange. Except um, <laughs> when in Mitsurugi's, he comes up against Taki, and. Uh, the exchange was clearly like a poor, poor translation from Japanese because Mitsurugi goes, goes, it's you. I've had enough of you. To which Taki replies, haven't you had enough? <laughs> and it's like, yes, yes, I just said that. Ah, <laughs> uh, Japanese translations. 
anyway, yeah, Soul Calibur 2. It's a hell of a game. It's still a hell of a game. It's still fantastic to play. Um, I know there's a lot of... The commentary seems to always be around the first game, like, and just how, how big a deal that Dreamcast version was uh, of Soul Calibur 1. But, hey, Soul Calibur 2 is my game. So yeah. Uh, and I also got, I, I guess, I guess the other thing that I want to bring up, but I, I, I guess we we touched on it here and there over the years, but I want, I kind of want to talk about the demise of the light gun game. <laughs> oh, classics, sad times. Because man, those are some like the yeah, those those are some good times. Playing TC at your place on a tiny little screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that Time Crisis port for PlayStation actually it was with those the gun first com. two yeah. Time Crisis games they put out. They, they uh, Namco did right by them. Like the home ports were good. Yeah, like um, it, not just it had a whole like, second episode thing. That exactly. They built. That's, yeah. that's this is kind of what I mean. It's like they they always gave you something more than just the arcade. They did. Um, they did. I'm, I'm forgetting. Did, did did the original Time Crisis have a, like an arranged mode as well, where like en- enemies in the main playthrough were slightly different? Uh, what was that later entries they started adding that? I don't remember. But anyway, it was like, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think the arcade version ran at sixty, and the and the home version only ran at thirty. So there was that, but it didn't really matter. It's like it looked pretty much identical to the arcade version, and and played just as well with some of the tricks and some of the like little things you could do in the environment. TC was a hell of a game, like as as far as light gun games go it's sort of that that agency of having the pedal uh, yeah made a huge a little difference. button on the side of the gun yeah yeah oh of course yeah you played with the button it didn't have a mode where you could like use a second controller I don't um, know. and like it, you could put it on the floor and just put your foot on it and then that would act as like a pedal that would be cool i don't remember doing that i think i tried it and then then Decided it was uncomfortable because you know because you're standing on a controller. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the original two, and then and then they did an even better job with Time Crisis Two on the PlayStation Two. I mean, they didn't just take the arcade version and try and put it on the PlayStation. They realized the PS2 had more power than the arcade version, so they did a full graphics pass on it. So all of the models are tighter. Like any of the all of the water has been made reflective. And lovely, um, but yeah, you know, certain certain elements of the game were actually tightened up and made it so that, so they played slightly better. It's like it's a fantastic job, and it, like you could use your original G cons on the PlayStation, so I didn't have to buy a G con two or any of that. And it was it was a really very very good port of that game. Um, and TC two is probably my favorite light gun game of all time. Like it's 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 just. I can still remember the patterns now. You know, it's that kind of thing. There's like this uh, where the yellow guys are going to pop up for extra points. I can, I can, I can still remember. Uh, I played that game far too many times and, and, and tried desperately to get the, the top tier ranks, which were really, really difficult <laughs> to get. But it's, uh, I think it might be my, like, if you were to go, go make a Hall of Fame for light gun games, TC2 is probably right at the top. Yeah. It's just a... It's just... Oh, even some of the music stings are just fantastic. And Was there ever a port of Virtual Cop? Or... 
for anything. I guess for yeah, PC. <laughs> PC, <laughs> the, well, the PC got oh, yeah. one and two with mouse controls. Yeah, um, the Saturn I think got a version of Virtual Cop, Virtual Work Cop. Sorry. Hmm. Um, while we're on the subject of Virtual Cop, shout out to Virtual Cop Three, that lesser-known arcade game, uh, because that was a weird one, right? It was it was odd. It, it they because it was fairly modern. Um, it was one of the last. Well, they're still no. I say one of the last. They're still putting out House of the Dead games. There's like a new arcade machine I discovered the other day. It's like the the arcade. They're still making them every now and then. Um, but they yeah. This this one had the had the mechanic where your survival technique instead of just being some random countdown timer, um, or just the the virtual cop countdown thing. You know, the ring that closes around people. Yeah. It also had you, you had a limited energy pool that you would press a pedal down and it would slow down time so if you had failed if you were just about to fail to hit a guy you could slow down time and hit him early if you had failed to hit the guy just wrong though the bullet might be in the air and you could slow down time to shoot the bullet out of the air which you had to do in a couple of places like it was forced upon you like otherwise you you were going to die it was an arcade game after all yep um but man, it was cool. <laughs> like when you got it right, and you'd like got your energy, you'd, you'd had enough energy in just the right spots, so you could um, push the pedal down and, and shoot all the bullets out of the air, and then survive. You could get through most of that game without taking a hit. Like uh, I got good enough at the arcade version to, you know, because we had one when I worked at a bowling alley. Um, <laughs> Not by spending a ton of money. No, no, I did actually spend a ton. Like we, 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 oh, didn't, didn't, we, didn't, get, we didn't get free plays. You didn't plays. open it up. No, no. Well, we didn't own those machines. Well, they no, were they were rented. So um, you didn't have the rental guy, did we? We didn't. We well, no. He, he wasn't on site. Well, no. <laughs> like, but um, and I don't think we we basically had to give people money and make notes when like things went wrong. You know, we couldn't go and like free cred people would be like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll give you a pound out of the till, and we'll have to put a note in to charge the rental guys. Um. Uh, yeah, so I, so I, I probably put, pumped quite a lot of money into that thing. Um, but it was a cool, cool game. As was um, Ghost Squad. <laughs> I might still have the card for that in my wallet. Let me just check. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because this and this is why I wanted to bring it up because of the card stuff. It was crazy. Like, uh, not only did it was it a, like a um... oh no, yep, I do. <laughs> no, you you actually do. You what? You really I have, have my that. Ghost Squad card. Which I maybe only use like twice. <laughs> I need to find my initial D card, which was not my initial D, because that's all it would let me enter. <laughs> Hells yeah. Well, I'm amazed you still have that. Well, it's just wallet filler. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot of, like, all well, most of the keys on my key ring. They don't actually do anything any longer. They're just filler. Fairness, just I think I have for one ballast. Of those, I think I had one of those Mario Kart. Um, <laughs> the GP yeah. cards in my wallet for a long time. Uh, yeah, so it had had the card system, and like what that meant w- was, is it actually the game changed as you leveled up. So uh, the more you played, the more options became available to you in the game, uh, and it also gave you unlocked costumes for you as you went along as well. So you could <laughs> you could be playing as a giant panda, I think, at some point, which was pretty hilarious. Um, uh, or you could bring slightly different guns in, or you could do it. It, it did some neat stuff, for, you know, for an arcade game. 
purely in the service of getting you to play it more though. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it totally worked. Because it was actually a fun shooter on its own. Yeah. Um I think it came out on the Wii. When they tried to do light gun games for the Wii. Mm. So uh, yeah, that probably doesn't hold up because those Wii um, you know, the Wii shooting wasn't mm, all that well, accurate. The cursors were always laggy, that's yeah. the problem. Because they put out um House of the Dead Overkill, which didn't get an arcade release because of all the swearing <laughs> on the Wii as well. <laughs> but somehow got on the Wii. Yeah. <laughs> but what about Point Blank? I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, I was getting to it. No way. I love Point Blank. Point Blank 1, 2, and 3. All of them. They're all fantastic. I love I love their style. I love their bottom. Their, uh, their, the quick fire. It's... You know, I suppose it makes sense for a gun game to be quick fire in nature. Yeah, but if, if the whole presentation, like through and through, is quick fire, right? Like you're, you're into a thing, you're onto the next thing. Doors open, bang, do your thing. <laughs> oh, you failed the thing. I mean, it's the warrior of gun games. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. What? A, what a fantastic thing that is. It's just like, we, yeah, we don't care about being serious and stuff. We just want to give you things to shoot at because that's what, that's what you want to do, right? Uh, it's a great multiplayer game. It had some. Fun two-player specific stuff as well, uh, and it's just a little bit of a shame that they they didn't they tried they went off in a slightly different direction after Point Blank. They went to Ghoul Panic, where they were like, "Oh, let's make a spooky one, but we'll make this one using a 3D engine," and it wasn't as good. I mean, it played okay, but it just wasn't wasn't as tight and as fun as those two eggheads. That were for some reason the mascots of Point Blank. Yep, and it's like, yeah, I I love 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 Point Blank, and it's uh, it, it'll be one of those in the rare time you will ever see any of these arcade machines, like Point Blank will be no hesitation. I'm playing that because I could probably get through the harder mode on it in a in a credit. <laughs> Although I bet my aim's not as good as it once was. No, probably not. Um, it's been many a year since I played it. It's one of those things. If I had a garage, right, and and, and, <laughs> and and money to spend on an arcade machine. Well, not even not only that. Uh, like I'd probably just pick up a big CRT screen somehow. Try and find an old CRT screen that's in good nick and still works. You might actually be able to get an arcade machine for cheaper at this point. Well, just, you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> and then just just yeah, just attach some attach a PlayStation and a PS2 to it. Maybe my Dreamcast actually, because I had um I had the guns for the Dreamcast as well, mm. um so I could play House of the Dead too, and Confidential Mission, <laughs> which was a terrible Bond inspired virtual cop. Basically, it was a virtual cop, but if they went full cheese, <laughs> virtual cop kind of didn't have any cheese. I mean, it's theoretical cheese, but it was just like it was so neutral. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was dumb, but it was actually quite straight faced, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like, is, that an, have I, is that one of those phrases I always get wrong? Straight faced or straight laced? It's like, do both of them work here? Might as well be the same. Straight laced is the slightly more common one. Probably. Yeah, that's what made me think about it. It's like they might have a straight face while they're talking to yeah, you about Birch exactly. or a cop, but maybe they are actually straight laced. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, confidential whistle was done. Anyway, that, that was just my my little uh, serenade to the gun game. I never really, uh, I mean, I, House of the Dead Three came out on Xbox, but I didn't go that way. 
because that was basically the only gun game you could get for Xbox. Oh no, sorry, they put out that sniper game. Yeah, yeah. whatever that was called. Sniper scope. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That came out on um on Xbox. But you don't want to play that not in an arcade. No, because you want the special you want the, scope. You want the fucking the actual goddamn sniper rifle butt sticking out of an arcade machine. <laughs> <laughs> and you want that working scope yeah <laughs> well that was a crazy thing they had this game at the um, at Solar Bowl well, while it was still Solar Bowl and before it was the Namco Foonscape <laughs> and before it was non-existent yeah um, but I think it was just called like it had a really generic name like Police PD or something like <laughs> not even like any particular department, just police department or something like that. But it had um, its whole gimmick was that it was a light gun game, but it it had a head sensing rig around the top of it, so it would figure out where the top of your head was, and meant you could duck around obstacles. So in order to avoid fire, you'd literally have to move your body to get get out of position, like if you want any kind of cover, hmm. or you know any cover at all really you could be in the wrong position and just be standing out in the open at times you'd have to sidestep out of it and it wasn't a great game but the tech worked surprisingly well for the time <laughs> and for like a few weeks until it broke probably <laughs> that's know. probably how arcade machines usually go i don't know i didn't, didn't play it all that much because it was one of those it was basically a uh, a money grabber where it was it was too hard yeah um so you didn't last very long Probably lasted longer than putting a pound into a fruity, but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my, my uh, serenade to the light gun game. I don't really know what else to talk about, really. Like all, all, all the other big hitters are stuff we've tended to have talked about over the years, like Res and F Zero and oh, maybe even Rush. We've talked about Rush before, right? And the. Yeah, a bit. I don't particularly think that's a great game, but we played a lot of it. No, yeah. <laughs> to the point where I can't even remember what year it's but like 20, 2049. 2049, that's the one. Just because of that stunt. Well, I had two different experiences with Rush, really. It's like, it's, it's racing was okay, and it, but it was. It was all about the shortcuts and like and learning where the shortcuts were. Right? <laughs> because you, there was no way you could actually beat the computer players no. in a straight race. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you had to use the shortcuts, and you had to nail the shortcuts. The shortcuts were quite difficult to pull off. Yeah, and that's hitting switches and shit. Yeah, uh, that's what made that interesting. I actually didn't mind that uh, t- too much, but it, um, it kind of ran like garbage on the N sixty four. Even most, with the expenses there. Yeah, as most games did. Um, but there were two two multiplayer schools of thought. Really, we like we we had us playing um, the stunt mode, yeah, all the time, and and trying to like because it was we we figured out sort of the tactics for getting the maximum score, and it was kind of funny, like what could happen in it. But it was funny and because was... like you basically either scored millions or zero. Yeah, <laughs> there was very little middle ground. Sometimes you'd land what what looked like a hella trick, and it would be like four. Yeah, and you'd be like, what what just happened? Uh, but obviously it was all about just that level where it's just like a huge lump in the middle and uh, just a big ramp yeah that's all you need uh, but then there was the which is which is giving me an idea for another segue um, <laughs> but then there was um, the, the the crew I used to play with at school because I used to take my N64 into school 
because you know you kind of could. It was easy enough to move around, and we had a TV in our room, in our in our form room that that our teacher was nice enough to let us use when there wasn't anything going on. So we used to play Rush in the battle car mode and do a lot of the the actual deathmatch stuff in it. Mm. Because I actually think that was that was a pretty decent time actually because the weapons are weird in that it's like you have your tiny little pistol at all times which like attached to the front of the car that does like next to no damage but you can always fire it so everyone's just firing it constantly so it's the game's constantly making a horrible noise of dang, 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 dang. um but then uh, uh you could the weapons were weird like the giant like set speaker set that would attach to the top of your car and just send out a shockwave so you'd have to charge in at someone at like high speed to avoid their weaponry and then just let off the shockwave right next to them it was quite fun to try and time it um or the ram the ram was always entertaining you just run into the guy instead of shockwaving near them yeah um and there were homing missiles and chain guns and things like that and it was actually um yeah it was a good time it was one of the one of the better experiences i've had with car combat games <laughs> yes because I never really got into Vigilante, which is like the supposedly the big like, like car combat game of the era. Mm. Vigilante Eight was that it? The full title? I can't remember. It had nothing to do with it being the eighth game. It was just called no, Vigilante. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So a bit of a bit of a shout out to Rush. My segue there was. Hey, do you remember Destruction Derby? I knew that was where you were going. Yeah. When I said there was a big ramp in the middle of the arena, I was like, oh yeah, that means that means Red Pike Arena is coming. Oh hell yeah. If ever we refer to Red Pike Arena, like it's because <laughs> that was the like the first Destruction Derby arena in DD2. And it um Yeah, it was basically just a it was a bit it was like the bowl, but it had a big lump in the middle. With the and lump the physic, and the physics were dumb. So like because almost guaranteed every time your car would be flown like just flung into the air and you'd be like airborne for a good 20 seconds <laughs> okay maybe not that long but it was a long old time where you're just like i'm saving time just watching everyone crash below me <laughs> while the camera's just looking down i'm gonna land at some point and i'm gonna take not much damage from this yeah But it also had that ridiculous music to go with it as well. It's just like ding 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 because they made everything so much faster, right? That it actually became hard to play. Yeah, but actually playing any Destruction Derby game, it's just like the, the, the whole mechanics of that game require you to end up going real slow. Or in <laughs> reverse the whole time. Yeah. It's yeah. like basically those games are fun for about a minute or two at the start and then it gradually degrades <laughs> yeah. over time. It becomes like when it's a one-on-one, -on -one, like left on the bowl, and it's just like, okay, where even is he amongst all this carnage? That, that still even applies to the like racing modes of that as well. Like it's okay right at the start where your cars are pristine, but as soon as you start taking damage and you get slower and your handling gets fucked up, it's mm. like then it becomes not fun. Yeah, there's a there's an inherent problem in destruction derby games. Like I wonder if they fixed any of that for Wreckfest or made well did something there to make it so that's not a problem. You just respawn. I think that's just like no. modern destruction derby you don't grind it down until the, the, for like five minutes working out that last little bit of hit zone. Because we had this like um B tier destruction derby game on the um on the PlayStation called um Demolition Racer. Yeah that was pretty good. Yeah for because a, for a 
clone of destruction. Because Earth. that sort of did away with this whole you're messed up thing. Because you could, oh no, or did it? I thought you could just die and come back, but now I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure you did. <sighs> yeah, I don't remember. But, but basically, the trick to winning that was just to make sure you get the death from above. Yeah. <laughs> get off, get off a lump, land on a car. You're sorted. Had a pretty good soundtrack as well. Yeah. I'm serious. Probably some Fear Factory in there somewhere because Fear Factory were in every game. <laughs> Not talk about Carmageddon. Uh, <laughs> talk about Fear Factory. Yeah. I might do me for now. Okay. We can always do another one of these. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of out of time now. So. Yeah. We haven't really talked about Amiga or any of that era, but well, again, that's Mega Drive like... or. They have to be videos, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, we've <laughs> quite a lot of recordable. We, yeah, we've still got Supercars too. We want to do a video of at some point. And, yeah. Well, I want to do a video of Supercars. Well, look forward to that. What have we got on the on the video plate right now? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. We've been real lazy. Okay. That's all right, because we're going to have more podcast content coming at you at the end of the year uh, <laughs> for our Game of the Year special. About... So, <laughs> thank, thanks for joining us for this weird 256th episode special. Uh, if you wanted to know if what we we're keep playing, going for like another nine minutes, we can make the time say two hundred fifty-six as well. <laughs> uh, wow, yeah, has it really been that long, yep. Jesus. Yeah, it's gone way over, so <laughs> it is time. Uh, I do, do apologise, listeners, but I have. I don't fun. think it was your fault. I think it was maybe my fault as usual. <laughs> we all have fun. Well, well, I had fun. Yeah. Yes. And we maybe will your catch ears you. are bleeding, and you're having less fun. But I had fun. So look forward to our game of the year, uh, and uh, that'll be equally fun, if not more so. So catch you then. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go this year. How much? No, me neither. <laughs> we shall see. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.